everybody welcome it is that time again matt connerton unleashed and we are live 
from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast Channel 6 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Uh, today is Saturday, December 2, 2023, and I am not alone. Jenny is here at the news desk. Welcome. Present and accounted for. Yes, yes. And uh, we have a great band uh, joining us today who uh, we're going to talk with in a moment. And actually, they're going to play live for us in studio. Uh, We've got uh, Glitter Tooth here. Looking forward to that. Uh, Also later in the show, we have Eric Pilcher's classic film review, which returns this week. And uh, this week, the subject is Enter the Dragon. And, uh, and we'll see what else we get into uh, today. But uh, the studio line is open if you'd like to join us. If you've got any questions for our guests who we're about to introduce, uh, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the uh, Facebook live chat. Uh, But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. And uh, we'll say hello to everybody just uh, quickly in the chat room because we've got uh, many of our loyal listeners in there. Uh, Carol Zawarowitz uh, says, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Carol. Eric Pilcher, who I just mentioned, of course, he's in there. He says, good morning, all the way from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, Jenny, you're in there, of course. Uh, we've got uh, JFed from the great state of Vermont says good morning. Uh, Legion of Solace, uh, great band, uh, very loyal, says uh, morning, friends. Full day, can't stay long, but wanted to stop in. Wonderful to see you in there. Uh, we have Isaac Banks in the chat room. Uh, the People's Mayor, uh, Glenn R.J. Willette says nice music. Very nice. Uh, let's see. And let's go ahead and uh, we'll bring in the band. Uh, so we've got uh, Taylor... Phil and Dan from the band Glitter Tooth. How are you guys? Welcome. Great. Good. Thanks for having Good. us. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, wonderful to meet you all. Actually, let's start with. Uh, we'll start with Taylor in the corner on the drums. Tell us. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us everything that you do in the band, or maybe you just play drums. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I I do play drums. Yeah, that's like my main instrument. But I I uh, I actually actually. Uh, do have one song in the band where I play guitar and I sing a little bit so we're actually excellent we're actually going back into the studio uh tomorrow and we're finishing we're actually uh we're actually recording two new songs tomorrow we're working on like an EP okay six or seven songs okay and I have I have one track where I uh I I wrote I don't know I wrote it like seven years ago but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a glitter tooth Glitter tooth thing. Yeah, we so brought it back to we life. We brought it back. And I've got I've got guitar and vocals and working on finishing that up tomorrow and uh we're, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool most of most of them phil sings on dan dan's got some vocals in there a little bit but but yeah it's gonna be fun to actually put out put out some music with he's an band. awesome he's an awesome harp player too so. oh, yeah, oh yeah. excellent not excellent. like the, the not, harp. not yet i wish i could not, play like the thing <laughs> a the man strings. of many talents Harmonica harp. <laughs> he's awesome yeah yeah it's been fun though yeah and uh we've got phil on the couch yes Hello. Uh, I play guitar and sing in the band. I play drums on the track that he was just talking about. Oh, um, he, yeah, he plays drums. I forgot cool. to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> do um do a decent amount of the writing so far. Um, we all 
collaborate on bringing the songs together and making yeah. them into the glitter tooth form. But yeah, um, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, and then we've got the bass player over here, Dan. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. um, Dan Moran. I uh, sing some backups, but mostly let Phil do all the all the diva work, and I just <laughs> I just play bass and try to wrangle the cats, and uh, we. Uh, yeah, I'm like the grandpa of the band, so we're <laughs> much needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He keeps us young, really. Actually, really? So yeah, what yeah. he does. No, they, he's the young man. You know, I they, these guys keep me young, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So I thought I'd get to it first. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and we should mention too, you are the parent of a musician yeah, who's my, been on the show. My son Tyler Moran. He's in the Fox and the Flamingos, who we were on your show before, and they're mm -hmm. awesome. Incredible band. Oh, also, yeah. he's yeah. the father of an incredible musician. I would say Tyler yeah. is. He's something to see. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He was in Real a band good. with. Well, he was in our band, the, the Pop Farmers, in uh he left to join the flamingos and uh yeah he's doing great they, they the flamingos are awesome yeah they uh well as i'm sure you know i'm sure you listened or, or watched it but uh yeah they're they're amazing um oh what's that they have a, a studio track that i sometimes play on the show because i just love it so much Band uh, it uh that's a great song but no it's the uh don't be a stranger i think it's called or stranger maybe it's just stranger yeah really that's a great song i told them i said you've got a hit single there yeah, I mean, they just played really out good. in Worcester last night. I was hoping to go, but I didn't go. But uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there was. It was. Uh, yeah, they're they're starting to make some good noise. So. The other thing I, I always say about them too is, um, no disrespect to Fleetwood Mac, but they played the best version of Rihanna I've ever heard in this yeah. studio. Yeah, that was a, that oh, was yeah, a cool version. Yeah, I was watching it live, and I was like, yeah. wow, it, that was so good. It's all just acoustic. It, it came out really cool. Oh, it was yeah. so good. I mean, being here in the room too, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm sure it sounded okay on the radio, but being here in the room, you know what I mean? It was like, wow, this yeah. is, this is truly remarkable, but uh, yeah, great band. But uh, yeah, you guys, um, we, uh, we've got some studio tracks. Uh, you sent me um, three of them and we did open the show with that. Uh, well, I, I played something, uh, uh, something else, but then we played uh, Amigo uh, from uh, from Glitter Tooth. Great, great track, and we'll we'll play Thank the you. others too. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys live. So actually, if uh, if you want to play something for us, and then we'll we'll talk some more and uh, learn learn all about the band. But uh, yeah, I'm sure. done to hear you guys play. All right, sure. First song we're gonna do is um, it's called "I May Be Right." It's a song about questioning your choices. All right, <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. We we are ready.
told you twice The third time charm is the time I'll let go Go run away when it gets too deep Would you light the match and let it put you back to sleep Now it's alright if we can't say no This run won't die until I say so What's that called again? I may be right. I may be right. Yeah, that's a great track. Not to be confused with, you know, the Billy Joel song. You may be right. You may be right. You may be right. You may be right. When I learned yeah. that, or when I started playing that song out, every time I'd say it, people would be like, oh, sweet. And then it'd be that song. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's really? funny. Well, like in a, in a bar open mic, you know, like, People are like, oh, Billy Joel, sweet. And then you're like, actually, it's like a softer original song. And they're like, okay, like, this is cool, but. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> the face is just dropped. And then they'd ask you if you knew Piano Man. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed, who's on the line. Oh, yeah, this is Doug. And actually, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your programming. I, I just called because when I got out of work this morning, I was on the way home listening to your station, and Maggie Hassan came on. You guys were talking about Election Day in New Hampshire today. Is that is there Election Day in New Hampshire today? No. What you uh, probably heard was, oh, actually, I know what you definitely heard. Uh, the morning show with Peter White. Uh, he runs yes. uh, classic episodes on Saturday. So the show's on weekdays uh, from All 7 right. to 9 a.m. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, under, I understand. Sorry to have bothered you guys. It, <laughs> it, it just seemed seemed odd that there there was something on there and and i came home and i said um i don't know there's as far as i know it's <laughs> it's on tuesdays and so forth and so on anyway thank you much you guys are doing a great job <laughs> all right all right thanks Doug. thanks bye get bye. on vote <laughs> that's right <laughs> vote vote very early and often yeah yes, early yes. and often. <laughs> uh. but uh yes of course you can hear the morning show with peter white weekdays from uh, 7 to 9 a.m with a replay uh 2 to 4 p.m uh, but, uh, of course, on Saturday mornings, uh, Peter does run uh, classic episodes of the morning show. So, uh, hence the confusion. But I do commend uh, Doug on his uh, paying attention to his civic yeah. duty. 
And uh, that is that is a great thing, actually. I haven't voted on a Saturday morning in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff uh, Jeff Nyan is in the uh, Facebook live chat. Hi, Jeff. He says, good morning. Great start to the day. Oh, uh, thank you, Jeff. Glad you're enjoying it. Uh, also, uh, Paul, I'm sure I won't uh, say this correctly, but uh, Paul Calute uh, oh, in the chat room. Is Paul that someone Cal- Calouette? Check, this is this is Paul's base. He lent it to all me right. for today. Oh, Thank no. you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Out of all the bases I have, I didn't have a, a totally acoustic one, so Paul oh. was kind enough to lend me one. Oh, Thank excellent. you, Paul. Excellent. Thank Thanks, you. Paul. This show is all courtesy of a guy named Paul. <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely. Brought to you by Big Paul. Sponsor. I like it. I like it. Uh, Melanie uh, La Liberty from the great <laughs> state of Vermont in the chat room says... Oh, is Santa Claus in uh, a band? Yes. I get that quite often. Yeah. <laughs> you, that or ZZ Top. You know what ZZ Top? Oh, ZZ Top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, the last time when the Flamingos were on, they had a whole big discussion about beards. That's they're, up. Yeah. They were all growing their beards, and they're like, oh, those are cute beards. That comes, up, <laughs> that, that comes up often yeah. on the show. In fact, our friend J-Fed will probably ask you a question about your beard yeah. shortly because he, he does. Uh, Michael Albert joins us in the Facebook and says, uh, in the Facebook live chat, says, good morning. Uh, good morning. Robin Lee Moran. Oh, or... that's my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> we know Hi, her. Robin. She says, who? <laughs> H-O-O-O. Yeah, very Right nice. back at you, Robin. Very yeah. nice. Right she, back at she, you. She lets me out to play once in a while. <laughs> Thank you for sharing him this morning. Yes, yes. <laughs> they sound really good. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're just joining us, uh, we have a glitter tooth here live in studio with us. Uh, Melanie says the ladies like a sturdy beard. Oh, oh. Wow. Fantastic. getting all the love today. Wow. Phil's working on his as usual. As usual. I'm, trying, I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm all passionate. <laughs> uh, if you have any questions or anything for the band uh, or about uh, beards, uh, 603 250 6027 60027 <laughs> And so we decided, hey, we should form a band, and we'll get together and see what happens. So we got together in Taylor's barn and uh, played, and it sounded pretty good, so we decided to get together the next week. And in between those two weeks, I had to have a tooth pulled. So I was, was, you know, I was, was, that night I was recovering, all hopped up on the the legal stuff that they gave me, and and I had a dream. And in the dream, I was was in a band called Glitter Tooth, and I was like, "Oh." oh. So I, I, the next time we had practice, I, I, I said, hey, you guys are going to hate this name, but I dreamt it, that it was Glitter. I was in a band called Glitter Tooth, and they both loved it. So thank you, Hydrocodone. That was, <laughs> when we go on tour, we're going to have sponsored by whoever makes that because that's where the name came from. Right, and, right. Uh, yeah. But it was a, a fever dream, and I, from henceforth, we are Glitter Tooth. Yeah. Very so. nice. Very nice. Okay. 
Uh, Dylan Reynolds is in the Facebook live chat, a very talented musician uh, in his own right. Uh, Dylan says, congrats on the new uh, show, Time Slot. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it uh, very much. And uh, Texas Mike is in the chat room and says, listening to you guys at work. Uh, thank you, uh, Texas Mike, Mikey. Uh, Jeff Nine says, tremendous name. Yeah, he really likes uh, He really likes that. Um, very good. Very good. Um, do you guys, uh, I'm dying to hear more. Do you guys want to play another track and then we'll, uh, we'll talk some more or, or maybe we'll, maybe afterward we'll play another, uh, studio track, but, uh, Hey, you guys want to play something live for us again? Sure. Yeah. You guys, uh, like the black keys. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, We're going to do a cover then. What, cool. uh, what song? We're going to do have love will travel. All which right. Isn't technically written by him. Taylor oh, could tell you. Sonics. <laughs> and then somebody before the Sonics. It's, it's an old song. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. them traditional blues yeah, songs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Taylor's good. the encyclopedia I for music. Any song, questions man. about albums or when it came out or who played on it? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What yeah, amp yeah. they That's use? The Taylor's our guy. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> excellent. Excellent. All right. If you're just joining us, we've got Glitter Tooth live in studio. All right. Whenever you guys are ready. All right.
Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. We have Glittertooth here with us live in studio this morning on the program. Of course, if you have any questions or anything at all for the band, uh, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. The studio line is open. Uh, I see uh, Peter O. Peliquin in the Facebook live chat. Hello. That's a uh, sorry to interrupt you, but no, not that's, at all. That's Pete Pelican, Lord Lord Boards, they call him. He's he owns the uh, the, the recording studio, Boards House, Productions. Boards House Productions in Brookline. That's where we're doing our recording. Oh, excellent! So, uh, everything you hear recorded is he just makes us sound good. So <laughs> that's that's Pete Pelican. Thank you, Pete. Um, also, uh, Dan Fallon is in the uh, Facebook live chat from the band Run Like Thieves, who we had on uh, last week. Just phenomenal. Um, yeah, now the, the studio tracks and we'll play another studio track in a moment, uh, too. We played Amigo earlier. We'll, we'll play another one, but, um, were, were these the, the ones that we're hearing today, were these all also recorded with, uh, Peter yep. Peliquin? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it all sounds great. Uh, does he, um, I've, I know that oftentimes and partly from my own experience and partly from talking to guests, it seems like, um. Very often, whomever records you, if, if, you know, an audio engineer, they uh, often become sort of a de facto producer. Do you have that kind of relationship with him? Does oh, he have sure, a lot yeah. of ideas? Yeah, and- absolutely. Yeah, he helps us, like, when we're doing solos or, you know, if, if all three of us are a little unsure about something, he's, like, the wisdom that'll kind of, like, yeah. pull us together and yeah. either come up with a better idea for us or just help us. He'll be, like, the, the deal breaker. You okay, know? okay. And Board's house is where the Fox and the Flamingos recorded too. So oh, okay. that work was done there. Yeah. So yeah. Oh he, wow. Yeah, he's 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 really good. Board's he's, house productions. Go there. He's our Rick Rubin <laughs> of the area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. He's the wizard yeah. behind the board. How did you come to work with him? Because you you know, we live in an era where you've got so many different options as far as how you know, there's many different recording studios. Also you can record at so home. It's, so you it's can... funny. I'll I'll ju- I, I think I'll jump in here. Yeah. Like, that uh uh that open mic that you guys were talking about. So uh, Phil was hosting that, doing that open mic, and then I took it over for Pete. You took oh, it over right. for Pete, and then Dan that, started yeah. doing it. It's like yeah. everybody in the area was. I I probably I got offered to host it like many times, and I was just like I don't want to do it. Yeah, I yeah. could have I could have been the yeah. next guy, but it was yeah. like yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's just like a lot of really like you said, and it's like a lot of talented musicians or whatever in that, that area, yeah, the, the Milford yeah, area, a lot of knowledgeable people, really so. cool people. And, <laughs> like, yeah. And Pete, Pete's one of our go-to guys. So we're all really yeah. close too. Yeah. like the whole scene is really close in a sense where like, um, you know, if somebody needs a bass player for a gig or like somebody needs a guitar player or needs to record somewhere, like we all just kind of work together and like, we'll send whoever is asking if they need to record, we'll send them to Pete's. You know, yeah, he's our guy. Um, he also lives like ten minutes away from all of us. He lives oh. like thirty so seconds he's, from me. Yeah, like, Taylor can he's walk. basically <laughs> Taylor's neighbor. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're 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 playing guitar with some cool band tonight, aren't you? Oh yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell him about that? Yeah, the band. Well, you Phil's Phil's one of our. I he's a fill the, the my regular band Phil's is the um, the Pop Farmers. We, we we're playing it tonight at the Peddler's Daughter in Nashua and. Oh. Phil is yep. filling in on guitar with us, so excellent. He's our yes, yes. He's our filling Phil. It's always fun, <laughs> always a good time. <laughs> I just get to sit back and play guitar. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. What do you uh, now? What do you do in the Pop Farmers? Um, it's a we play a lot of classic rock, but we play yeah. a lot of Irish bars, so we do some Irish stuff too. So yeah, I play mandolin on the Irish stuff, and then bass and sing, and then um, yeah, my uh, Gary Blaisdell and and Jim Mahoney, they're 
are my regular pot farmers, and uh, oh. we're we're one man short tonight. So Phil is filling in. Excellent, excellent. And uh, by the way, so Taylor, do you play in any other bands? And the reason I'm asking, oh. the reason I'm asking you specifically, well, I was going to say. So okay, it's, <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because uh, yeah. the reason that I ask is has been this uh, trend on the show. Drummers uh, playing in a lot of bands. Every drummer we have on the show <laughs> plays in, because drummers uh, yeah. are in such high demand. There's not enough drummers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I'm in another band called Swipe Left with my, uh, uh, you know, a friend of mine, Graham, and this other uh, other friend, Mike. They're really and, good. Uh, they're, it, we're, we do a lot of covers, but we have some really cool originals too. And uh, I was in a punk band for a while, punk metal type band, and we just went on tour to like New York, Philadelphia. All that type, you know, oh. all over the place. But that kind of fell apart. I don't know. A lot of <laughs> As punk bands do. Anxiety, yeah. whatever. And yeah, I, I, I just I kinda, so angry. I left that band. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're going places. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but it was cool for a while. It was it was fun. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm playing. Honestly, right now, I'm only playing in a couple bands mainly. So, but it's been like six, seven, however many bands at a time. Yeah. I don't know how many bands. Wow. I've been in. Yeah. But I, I, I'm trying to work on. I'm happy that I got like a song that I've had for a while that with this band. Yeah. yeah. These are like the guys I wanted to play. I told Phil years ago. We I've known Phil forever now. Like it's been like, hey man, I'm gonna do this song. I want you to play drums on it. Yeah. So another dream but, came you know, true. So <laughs> I, you know, because I play guitar and do that stuff too. So it's like I want to get some of those out there. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drummers playing are always in high demand. Dude, that should be our <laughs> you know? slogan. Yeah. Here at Glitter Tooth, we yeah. make dreams come true. <laughs> Ooh. That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It all started from a dream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did. That's wow. Popped up on painkillers. Very, yeah. <laughs> very good. Oh, man. Well, let's, uh, let's listen to another studio cool. track. Uh, we've got uh, this song, Save Myself From Me. And um, so... Oh, by the way, just to uh, just so we're clear too, so are these going to be on the upcoming? Because you guys are working on yeah. an EP, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And these are all gonna be these studio tracks will all be on it. Yep. I yep. assume. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. All right, let's give this a listen. This is a great track, and uh, and then we'll come back and talk with these guys some more, and they'll play a little more for us. But uh, check it out. This is uh, "Save Myself from Me," and the band is Glitter Tooth. Like the moon 
That is very, very catchy. That is Save Myself From Me. The band is Glittertooth, and we've got uh, all three members of Glittertooth here with us live in studio. And uh, Jenny is here with us as well on this Saturday morning. Present and accounted for. And uh, and if you'd like to be here with us, if you have any questions or anything for the band, uh, 603-250-6007 is the studio line. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Uh, but we'd love it if you give us a call at 603 603- 250 Are you guys playing out a lot? Are you doing a lot of shows? or Not at the moment. <laughs> um, we, we're kind of sporadic with gigs. We uh, take them when we get them. Um, I work in a restaurant, so Fridays and Saturdays are hard days to get off usually. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we, um, you know, we take them when we can. But the next gig that we have coming up right now is New Year's Eve at yeah. Stonecutter's. Um, which is going to be awesome. New Year's Eve gigs are always a blast. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's all we have on the books so far. So, if anybody out there on the in the radio waves has gigs, <laughs> hit us <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Stonecutters, where's that? Uh, it's uh, Milford. It's just... Oh, Milford. Okay. Yeah, it's right little, on the little oval. Little pub in Milford. <laughs> yeah, it's right on the oval. Yeah. Yep. Very we, good. You remember we... the Red Arrow? Oh yeah. In Milford. Yeah, yeah. So uh, downstairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Um, now is there any kind of, uh, I know you're, you're still working on it. Do you have any kind of an ETA on when the EP might be out or spring maybe, or I would say, yeah, like, uh, even late winter. We're we're kind of cranking through it. Yeah. Pete works, (laughs) Pete works fast. Yeah. He, we, we, we went in, we did four songs in two sessions. So we, we got the four done. Oh wow. And, uh, so we get two more tomorrow. So yeah, Yeah. we just got these guys know the old social media more than me. I don't know how to get <laughs> get get things out there, but uh, yeah, as soon as we can get them done, we'll get them out there because they they're really cool. Phil Phil wrote some really good songs, and Taylor wrote one really good song too. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's written more good songs than that, but one I, that we're yeah. <laughs> I've written a lot. It's just the it's good to get one out. There. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, very cool, very cool. Well, you guys want to uh, you want to play another live one for us? Sure. sure. All right. All right. This one's called Living, Breathing, Walking. It's about feeling contagious. All right. Top of the world, she's a million miles 
living, breathing, walking disease. Women to my left and women to my right, but she's still on my mind all night. Cigarettes burn while the conversations turn. I'll be going Glitter Tooth live in studio with us this morning. We are, of course, uh, live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. And, uh, yeah, you guys sound great getting a lot of love in the uh, Facebook live chat. That's so oh, nice. awesome. I really like that a lot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, how many, uh, how many originals do you guys have in terms of... Um, uh, I, I assume you have more than what you're recording, right? Because yeah. you're, you're doing an EP, but have, have you written a lot of songs uh, or do you have a lot of songs as a band, a lot of original mm -hmm. music? Or? We have like probably eight. Okay. Eight, maybe 10 total yeah, that yeah. we've like played. Yeah. Um, we actually played a show in Manchester um, at a distillery not long ago. Yeah, um, Manchester's distillery. That was, that was a lot of fun. We yeah, played. and we played a full set of originals um, and the Black Keys track, but that was about eight songs. So. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very good. Um, do you have any, are there any other bands in the area that you, that you play out with a lot? You know, sometimes, I mean, it just really happens organically in my experience. Sometimes bands kind of team up with other bands or, you know, play a lot of shows together. Or... Um, not really lately or not yet, at least. We've um, basically just been recording lately. Yeah, oh, yeah. we've been recording yeah. a lot. <laughs> the other thing is, um, this started out as, um, like a cover gig scenario in the sense where we were, um, you know, taking gigs at bars where we'd play the three hour shows, yeah. get paid a flat rate, you know, you get yeah. tips like, um, so we were focusing on like learning songs. Mm -hmm. We have probably 30 or 40 songs that we know covers that we could play oh, like wow. all together. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we started diving into the original stuff and it's been fairly recently, I'd say, right? Like yeah. within the right. last couple months even. I mean, and we've just kind of gone full steam ahead on writing and recording. Mm -hmm. so. Honestly, like like really uh we Phil has like this extensive list of like song he has like albums full of originals. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. been writing I've been writing for a long time. He has these songs yeah. that he's just recorded and like we're just working on making those into our own, I guess, glitter tooth. Putting the glitter on, uh, and they're <laughs> just like, all, like nice. his songs are just like all kind of like finished, and like like he, we're just making them different. I've got some songs that are originals that I'm trying to like work into it. Dan has originals that maybe we'll probably 
work into them later and we're just trying to like get all of our own stuff out there yeah phil just had like some that were like these are these are done like just like singer singer songwriter you know i write a lot of songs yeah yeah. it's kind of like uh, by nature my job yeah Yeah. it's been it's been fun though it's been cool to yeah to do that and put on all of our own you know philippe philippe was pretty uh pretty out there for a while yeah Yeah, so i did like the solo thing i went under the name philippe um and I've recorded some albums, put out some stuff on like Spotify and done oh, that okay. whole thing. But it was always, um, it was a solo project where I would record the bass and the drums and the guitar and like do all the arrangements for it. And then sometimes I'd bring a band in and we'd play live here and there. But all the recordings was, it was kind of created in a vacuum, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so like I've just been having a lot more fun in the band experience and taking those songs that like yeah they're finished but like they were recorded like very rigid you know like mm-hmm. here's the drum part it'd be like a straight yeah something boring you know because I'm not a drummer yeah yeah so having like an actual drummer and an actual bass player and the whole collaborative effort is so much more fun yeah no doubt but um it definitely it yielded a lot of songs which I'm grateful for. Yeah, yeah, and and that, so uh, the uh, material that you, re- you released as Philippe, that's all on Spotify and everything. Yep. Yeah, yep. interesting. Bandcamp, Spotify, all those random sites, SoundCloud, I think. Yeah, SoundCloud. And um, d- does any of that music uh, is any of that music currently being played in this band, or or is this all? Um, yeah. yeah. So we're most of them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, the three that you or the three that we have today, only one of those was recorded beforehand as oh. a Philippe track. Okay. Um, and that one is not on Spotify. That's just on Bandcamp. Um, but the other two were, like, brand new, like, Glitter Tooth songs. Okay. They haven't been released elsewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we started, we were doing a lot of, well, all covers at the beginning. Yeah. And these guys, they... You, looking at them they're they're young enough to be my my kids and they're, they're turning me on to yeah. like we did a um the the man and me and, I, and it was a yeah, old bob, bob dylan, bob dylan song. song i've oh. never heard it before and these guys turned it on turned me on to him like oh that bob dylan guy he's gonna be pretty good I like <laughs> and who, who's this guy and uh so yeah so these guys yeah. even though they're they're youngsters they're old souls and they they uh they know a lot of a lot of songs and they're bring, dragging me with them so mm-hmm. it's cool awesome well <laughs> you've introduced him to spinal tap then, yeah right? yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, great. 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 i love spinal tap this one goes to 11 <laughs> movie gives me hope <laughs> so true no great great music is timeless though and um i feel like what what you guys are doing um especially when i listen to these studio tracks it's um it you know it it's uh th- there's a timelessness to it and that it doesn't sound like like if if somebody played these songs for me and I didn't know that it was a current band, I, you know, I might not know. Like if somebody played these songs for me and said, "When do you think these were recorded?" I I wouldn't necessarily know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Which, yeah. which, which I which I think is a good thing. Yeah. I, you know, compliment. Yeah. 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 There's there's a timelessness to it. Um, you know, I can hear different influences, but uh, but uh, but but it it doesn't sound like it, there's nothing dated about it uh, specifically. Oh, uh, speaking of Spinal Tap, uh, Michael Albert is making requests in the chat room. He says, uh, play Big Bottom. Or, uh, <laughs> oh, or, I've heard uh, you play that bass line. Or, <laughs> I, <used to. laughs> I was going to say, I don't, oh, think, I, don't, I don't think you can play it on that bass. Yeah, 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 yeah it, might, it might break the bass. <laughs> oh, um, 
we have a, uh, I do a, a show on Friday nights. I'm the co-host on a show called Retro Spectrum Radio with Pauly C. And uh, Paul has never seen Spinal Tap, and we uh, still we like to we you like to uh, bust his stones about that uh, sometimes. <laughs> he's never seen that, and he's never seen Purple Rain. I thought you talked him into watching Spinal Tap. Uh, he still hasn't. I've done never it. seen Purple Rain either. I've never seen, seen, all, I've never seen all of to. Purple Rain, but to be I fair, I love Prince, but I think Spinal Tap is more important. Well, yeah, was, I was <laughs> telling. Well, I agree, actually. Between the two, and I've listened to like most of Prince's albums. But, I was telling, yeah. talking to my wife about Spinal Tap, and it. There was used to be a, mo a movie theater on where the old Union Leader used to be, whatever road that was in, in oh. here. It, um, was it Amherst? I don't know, but one of these streets over here. Yeah. And there was a little a little movie theater, and I went to see it when it first came out. And it was so cool to me. I, I, I got done. I went back out into the theater, bought another ticket, and went back in and saw it twice in a row. Oh, so no, like, okay. yeah. You liked so it then, that much? Oh, it was awesome, yeah. I think I think the second time I was the only one in the theater, but it yeah. was uh, it was. I was I saw it and I was like I got to see this again and I was like well I got nothing to do I'll go buy another ticket <laughs> I should have just hit out and this was Spinal Tap yeah this was like for the... my generation probably when I saw Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah I saw it the <laughs> day really it came one, out yeah. with my friends we were like the only four people in the theater no <laughs> it was oh, the no day kidding. it came out yeah we went to go the next week it wasn't it wasn't theaters anymore that's how bad it did my, <laughs> it my, wasn't even there my friend yeah. robert and i went down to there it was either foxwoods or mohegan sun when spinal tap was doing the on they called it unwigged it was just the three they, oh! did, it, they did it acoustic it was I, just the three of them I, i've seen clips oh, from that was, on youtube it was, it was so really awesome. good yeah see spinal tap unplugged it was just weird but yeah they, and they were dressed normal they weren't dressed yeah. like spinal tap but it was so it was really cool i love it yeah, yeah. unwigged yeah. Yeah. unwigged they call yeah. it yeah. <laughs> clever well, do you guys uh, do you guys want to um, do one more? Uh, did you want to do a fourth uh, live song? Yeah, sure. You, yeah. you talked about it. We've we've got time. If you want to, I'd I'd love to hear more. Okay, yeah. So, self, we can do one more. So, selfishly, perhaps, but I, I I think you guys sound great. Well, this this okay. is one of Phil's that I always request to fulfill to play, and I don't know if he's getting tired of playing it, but it's like you can play it. <laughs> Never. Well, the first time I saw him play, I'll this, tell you if I do though. Yeah. The first time I saw him play it, I thought it was a cover because it was so cool. I was like, Who, who's that by? And he's like, me. I'm like, oh, God damn. That's really awesome. Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. So, cool. Well, now I really want to hear it. Yeah. Has it ever been played on the radio before? It has not. Oh, cool. World so, no. premiere. World radio World premiere. premiere. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a personal song to me. Um, it tends to be a, a fan favorite. Which is I'm interesting because when I first wrote it, I didn't think anything of it at all. I was like, it's cool. It's done. It's a song, you know? Yeah. Like, there's like songs you finish and you like get excited about. You're like, oh, this one's going to be like it. This is the song. This was not it at all. Oh, to no me, kidding. at least. <laughs> it was just like it. I don't know. It was personal, but like it didn't feel like anything. And then all of a sudden, like everywhere I go, people are like, that's the song. It that's is. Yeah. So. All right. It's you're, called New Skin. All right. Ready? They're, they're right and you're wrong. <laughs>
awesome all right thank you uh the chat room thinks so too in fact uh, uh i don't know if i'm saying this right kaylee kaylee verville kaylee yeah. verville hello kaylee we love kaylee she says uh ha 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 the down tuning gave it away i'm so i'm so she knows glad. it very well yeah she says I'm, I'm so glad i made it to the live chat for this and uh michael james says new skin woo, oh, that's woo. my bass player yeah. oh okay. that's my, my bass other, player my in band. swipe left yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Yep, uh, Kaylee says, uh, I'm listening with chills and tears in my eyes. Oh, wow, very Kaylee's nice. Oh, we love Hi, you, Kaylee. Kaylee. Don't Kaylee's cry. <laughs> Unless they're tears of joy, yeah, don't cry. We should have brought her with us. Yeah. We should have. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, Lou Lovett uh, in the uh, chat room uh, says, uh, Sturdy beards are hot. Wow. So there you we go. didn't even need and to we're back uh, to the beards. We didn't even need to be here. Yeah. Did you dance? Did you just I, just sat in that chair? I don't need to be here either. Just send my beard. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lou Lovett also says, Love the song. Oh, okay. Hey, All right. It's because I said something about it. Very, very nice. Isaac Banks, also. Isaac Banks also really enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great stuff. You guys um, have a great sound. Uh, yeah. I really love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, if you are just joining us, uh, Glittertooth is here with us live in studio and uh, sounding phenomenal. Now, do you guys, um, do you ever do play this way or is this a, a different uh, experience? Not really. Uh, yeah. Usually plugged in. And, yeah, it's yeah. usually 
plugged in and loud, yeah. 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 Although, that of, song usually gets real pretty. Usually like, electric yeah. guitar. And and, yeah, drums. Yeah. Although some of, the op- some of the open mics we go to, yeah. they, they're all mostly acoustic, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys sound great. We and, do it sometimes, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I play harmonica if there's no room for a drum kit. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah? <laughs> yeah I do that sometimes. Oh, yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah, the, Phil, and, Phil and Taylor did so a lot it's of. weird on some of the songs, but I you, can do it. You did a lot of uh, <laughs> acoustic shows where it's just you on guitar yeah, and you on yeah. harmonica, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we, Phil used to do that before, before Dan was playing with us. Before Glitter Tooth. Before yeah. I butted in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what should people know? We want to make sure our listeners know how to find you online. Uh, what should uh, they know about uh, so they can keep up with what you're doing, live shows, and, of course, uh, the EP that you're, you've got coming out uh, when, when that's hmm. ready. And Yeah, uh, right now we're just on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And, so. and once the songs come out, we'll, we'll put them out somewhere else. On Instagram, so. it's at GlitterTooth123. And what's the Facebook link? I believe it's the same. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if the numbers are in it, <laughs> but like I said, these guys are up on the social media thing more than me, yeah. on, the, on the Google machine. I want to make sure I get the, uh, <laughs> the link right before I say it. It's uh, facebook.com backslash glitter tooth. There you yeah. go. Okay. She Perfect. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I've Thanks shared... for getting that for us. <laughs> I've actually you... been sharing the link uh. in the chat room while you've been playing. Awesome. Oh, great. Awesome. Yes, Thank you. I got your back. Thank you much. <laughs> I don't know if I can give a, a shameless plug. I on on Thursday nights these guys haven't been up there yet because they they work and I don't. But on Thursday nights up in uh, Pittsfield, New Hampshire, I host an open mic at Over the Moon Farmstead, and it's it's turning out to be really cool. It's it's turning into like we were talking about the Milford music community, and it's mm-hmm. kind. I grew up in Derry, and as, when I was playing, there there may be a music scene in Derry now, but I, there wasn't when I was in there yeah. and when i moved to milford i was like holy crap look at all these musicians they're everywhere and then up at pittsfield we've with the open mic i, I didn't know anybody up there and um, now we're starting it's starting to be a little community up there too so it's pretty cool that uh, like most of my friends now are either musicians or i met through the band so yeah it's it's a really cool circle of people to to, to be in with what was the name of the place again uh, oh, hawk it again over the moon farmstead nice it's um the the owners are, are the um the moonlight meter in londonderry they they have a place up in pittsfield it's beautiful and up on thursday nights it's an open mic from six to nine and one of these days i'll get glitter tooth up there yeah uh-huh. i'll get some mead <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta be careful with that stuff man yeah. <laughs> i'll drive you home Thanks for the shameless plug. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime, anytime. Well, guys, this has been great. We'll uh, we'll close out uh, the segment with uh, one more uh, studio track, this song uh, before I go, right. um, yes. which is, uh, and then uh, and then that'll be uh, that'll be it for this uh, portion of the show. But uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you, uh, all three of you, for, for coming. Thanks for in. having Thank us, you. especially on, awesome. a, on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very un, un- rock star. Um, yeah. but, but thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So happy to be here. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, thank you guys for coming. Oh, uh, Lou Lovett in the chat room says, Over the Moon rocks on yeah, Thursday cool, night. Cool. Very oh, cool. there you go. Very cool. Luella is one of our people. <laughs> cool. Well, if you're listening live, we are going to close out with another uh, studio track from these guys, and then we'll uh, show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then from there, we're going to go right to our classic film review, our friend Eric Pilcher. And uh, this week, he has uh, chosen the 1973 film Enter the Dragon. Uh, so that will be coming up next. And then uh, after that, Jenny and I got some stuff we'll uh, we'll talk about on the show. 
But uh, so there is plenty more to come if you're joining us live on Saturday morning. Uh, but we're going to close out this hour with, uh, again, this is another great studio track from Glittertooth. This is called Before I Go. And uh, guys, thank you again. Great, great stuff. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having us. You got it. Thank you. I'm waking up the neighbors Greener grass is somewhere in my bedroom Wake me up with a scripted morning kiss Rivalry is such a good roommate I'm walking on 20 million eggshells Wake me up with a scripted the hop knot at 1000 elm street manchester's premier craft beer and gourmet pretzel bar tell us more trudy we make our dough fresh every day we make a variety of styles of pretzels and serve craft beer cocktails and a few bottles of wine we do the traditional pretzel and we have multiple flavors for that we also do stuffed pretzels pretzel sandwiches three dessert pretzels and pretzel knots the hop knot in the brady sullivan plaza at 1000 elm street bring your 
kitchen to life with Queen City Cabinetry. Located at 87 Elm Street in the historic Sunbeam Mall in Manchester. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They can be reached at 603-222-2007 or on the web at queencitycabinetrynh.com. Come see the possibilities. Queen City Cabinetry, another proud sponsor of WMNH. Diz's Cafe is the place to put a smile on your face. Judy and the crew will take care of you. Bring your appetite and treat your taste buds right. Diz's Cafe is always a winning choice. Breakfast, lunch, or supper. Diz's Cafe at 860 Elm Street in downtown Manchester. Dine in, take out, or make a reservation. Call 603-606-2532. Eat, drink, and be happy. Diz's Cafe. Clementos, Pizzeria, family friendly, awesome for a date night. Clementos, Pizzeria, for delivery call 603-782-8450. Clementos, Pizzeria, the best pizza in town. 1875 South Willow Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. Best cocktails around. Come in as friends and leave as family. When it comes to keeping WMNH on the air and your own personal or business computer needs, trust Groland Computers. Located on Elm Street in Manchester, Groland handles computer repair, virus removal, and custom-built systems. Are you looking for budget-friendly options? Check out our selection of fully inspected used computers. We offer tailored, on-site solutions. No unnecessary expenses here. Visit Groland.com or call Groland Computers at 603-645-0101. Your tech, your way. Trust Groland Computers. This hour on WMNH is sponsored by CGI Business Solutions, located at 5 Dartmouth Drive in Auburn. They serve all your business needs, including employee benefits planning, corporate design and business administration, investments and wealth management, and customized business insurance solutions. Their phone number is 866-841-4600 or on the web at cgibusinesssolutions.com. Roper, Williams, and Lee, the Deadly Three, penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon. The first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. karate champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Warner Brothers presents Enter the Dragon, where the world's greatest martial arts athletes 
meet the ultimate challenge with the most ancient and deadly of weapons, the human body. Enter the Dragon from Warner Brothers. Bruce Lee. Even over 50 years after his death, his name hearkens to martial arts. His contributions to worldwide cinema cannot be understated. And with one film, he brought martial arts films to the popular consciousness of America, a country that once shunned him. Sadly, he was never alive to see its enduring legacy that lasts to this day. Released in 1973 and directed by Robert Klaus, Enter the Dragon gives us the tale of Lee, played by Bruce Lee a martial arts master tasked with entering a martial arts tournament hosted by the deadly Han, a renegade monk that has become a crime lord. And Lee is tasked with uncovering his criminal empire. Joining Lee in the tournament is the gambling-addicted businessman Roper, played by screen legend John Saxon, and Williams, played by American martial arts master Jim Kelly. Our first clip is Lee being presented with the mission. I chose this scene because it presents the dark and mysterious nature of Han, a man that lives in a fortress-like mansion, and it's only opened up for this martial arts tournament. This is a trope regarding villains now commonly seen in martial arts films that began with this very film. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. All of his efforts, seemingly, are directed towards supporting what he calls his school of martial arts. Han's only contact with the outside world is this tournament, which he holds every three years. This was a stewardess, Mary King, found floating in the harbor. Nothing unusual about a body in the harbor, but this girl was last seen at a party aboard Han's private junk. They'd reported her lost at sea before the body was found. We believe he selects attractive girls and methodically builds their dependence on drugs, then sells them to an elite clientele around the world. What did the autopsy review as the cause of death? She did not drown. She OD'd? Uh... Uh, yes. Cause of death was uh, heroin overdose. I gather you still don't have enough to bust up his operation. We know everything. We can prove nothing. We want you to go in there as our agent. Get us our evidence. And come out in one piece to give it to you. We'll give you anything you need. Electronic equipment, weapons, anything. Drink? No thanks. Guns! Now, why doesn't somebody pull off 45 and bang, settle it? No, no guns. Look at this map here. As you know, the possession of a weapon is a serious offense here. Hans Island rests partly within our territorial waters. If we were given the slightest reason to believe that he has any kind of arsenal, we'd move in on him. Besides, Han would never allow guns on the island anyway. 
He had a bad experience with them once, and he's fearful of assassination. Can't really blame him. Any bloody fool can pull a trigger. I guess I won't need anything. There's a radio on the island. We'll be monitoring it on the chance that you can get to it. And then you'll come. Someone will. Oh. We aren't an agency of enforcement. We function as gatherers of information, evidence, upon which interested governments can act. I see. If there's any trouble, you make a phone call. Oh, by the way, two months ago, we managed to place a female operative on the island. Since then, we've uh, lost her. If she's still there, she might have something. Name's uh, Mei Ling. Sure you won't have one? No, thanks. Martial arts films have a very distinct way of showing us, the viewer, the difference between heroes and villains. The heroes, or good guys, look at martial arts as a way of life, a way of living, that one should not fight and use it unless provoked as a means of defense. Villains look at it as a way of force, a way to intimidate and consolidate power. Our next two clips show this. First, in a brief clip, we hear Han show off his treasures to Roper that he has acquired through criminal activity. Then, in an early clip from the film, we will hear Lee speak to his martial arts master. Of note here is the peace and ease that Lee's master carries compared to Han, in the way that he explains Lee's martial arts skills as being a part of him and not a skill learned. This is my museum. It is difficult to associate these horrors with the proud civilizations that created them. Sparta, Rome, the Knights of Europe, the Samurai. They worship strength because it is strength that makes all other values possible. Nothing survives without it. Who knows what delicate wonders have died out of the world for want of the strength to survive. What's this? Oh, a souvenir. And now, Lee and his master. I see your talents have gone beyond the mere physical level. Your skills are now at the point of spiritual insight. I have several questions. What is the highest technique you hope to achieve? To have no technique. Very good. What are your thoughts when facing an opponent? There is no opponent. And why is that? Because the word I does not exist. So, continue. A good fight should be like a small play, but played seriously. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Not thinking yet, not dreaming. Ready for whatever may come. When the opponent expands, I contract. When he contracts, I expand. And when there is an opportunity, I do not hit. 
it eats all by itself. Now, you must remember the enemy has only images and illusions behind which he hides his true motives. Destroy the image and you will break the enemy. The it that you refer to is a powerful weapon easily misused by the martial artist who deserts his fops. For centuries now, the code of the Shaolin Temple has been preserved. Remember, the honor of our brotherhood has been held true. Tell me now the Shaolin commandment number 13. A martial artist has to take responsibility for himself and accept the consequences of his own doing. Prior to the release of this film, Bruce Lee was known in America. This was through his films from Golden Harvest over in Hong Kong that had found their way to the States, and his time playing Cato in the short-lived American television series, The Green Hornet. But this film made him a global legend that endears to this day. Our final clip will be Lee's daughter, Shannon. Saxon and actor Bob Wall, not just talking about Lee in this film, but his long-lasting, ever-reaching legacy. Everywhere, they know who my father is, and they've been touched in some way, inspired in some way, or just excited in some way. And uh, it, it's such a blessing. I now work doing things for the legacy for through our, my foundation and through our licensing business and that sort of thing, but I'm just so amazed and so inspired on a daily basis, and it's really why I want to do what I do in keeping the legacy alive, because I'm inspired by it. If, you know, there hadn't been that depth of philosophy behind it, if there hadn't been so much more to it and so much authenticity to it, then I don't know that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. I had been doing things like uh, uh, judo and uh, Japanese uh, karate and stuff like that a good bit. And uh, I would ask him, what do, you, what do you think I'd try to do this kind of thing? He said, that's pretty good, try that. And uh, we were working like that all the time. You know, you know, he probably didn't mean it, but... It, it, <laughs> but when, I, when I got the, to, to Hong Kong, uh, I was there with my wife and my son, who was not yet two years old, and the next day I went to see Bruce. And uh, he brought me into his house. He was waiting to see me. And, um, and then I saw he had uh, a gem. Uh, and, and I looked at it and it reminded me of what I had a little bit of at my home, you know? And we began to talk this and that, and he was telling me things, uh, the, what he could do with kettlebells and stuff and things that I had little con contact with at that time. And we, we kept going on and on and on. And then all of a sudden, he, he began to tell me, um, show me, uh, show me how you do your psychic. And I said, okay, but I had done a scene uh, at the park about a w two, uh, three weeks or four weeks prior where I had sprained my, my ankle. And I said, oh, well, oh, all right, if he's wanting to do this with me, I'll do it, you know? So um, uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, I threw a kick 
And then he said, let me show how I do mine. And he did, <laughs> he, he moved around with a chair and I didn't know what he was doing, you know? I was looking over his shoulder like that and all of a sudden he stood in front of me for about 15 feet or something like that. And he did a hop, skip and a jump and hit, I had a bag, you know? And he knocked me clear across on my heels like this, going into a chair like that. And the chair fell down and broke. <laughs> and I, I got up and, and I saw he was very kind of quiet and, and anxious about this. And I said, listen, uh, it's okay. I mean, uh, I didn't get hurt. I didn't get hurt. He says, I know, but that's my best chair. <laughs> And it was the same chair that he had everybody else do the same thing with me that I discovered later. <laughs> Sit behind, stand behind it, and then he'd kick, and you'd go back, and boom, you'd hit this chair. But I had broken it. I was the only one that had broken it, okay? I loved Bruce Lee, and we were really close friends for many, many, many years, uh, over 10, and training partners. And, um, and I got... 500 a week when I was making 10 to 12,000 a week in my real estate business. My wife of 44 years now said, why are you doing this? And I said, I just love Bruce. He's my first close Chinese friend. And I can take these hits. And everybody's afraid of him. And I've been training with him. I can take the hits. And, and Bruce wanted to do everything real. He really, Freddie and Paul can tell you, uh, they, uh, uh, Bruce got hurt a lot in this film. He got bit by the snake. He got hurt by the windows. He got cut with a glass scene with me. We are using real bottles. So uh, my part in it was I, I was really enjoying it. You, know, you don't see yourself as a bad guy, although my wife does. She thought it was typecasting. <laughs> and I've had so many people over the years say, well, I hated you. I wanted you dead. Even Freddie said, I wanted, I wanted him to kill you. And he didn't even want to hire me for the part in the beginning. <clears throat> but I really enjoyed doing it. I loved Bruce. And it was, it's like my partner for 48 years is Chuck Norris, and they're both the same, Chuck and Bruce. And people say, you've never missed a workout with either one of them. And I said, no, why would you miss a painting lesson from Picasso? In the world of cinema, words groundbreaking, landmark, and trendsetting are used ad nauseum. I will admit, I'm guilty of overusing them even on these reviews. If there ever was a film deserving of those words, though, it is this film here. It is an understatement to say this film brought martial arts films to America. It affected many other film genres. This film led to black exploitation films and other action films using martial arts as a way of fighting and not just using guns, knives, and explosives. This film has generated an American gross box office of $120 million upon its release. And to this day, it has generated $2 billion in worldwide box office gross through its original release and countless re-releases. For Lee, it finally made his dream come true to have Jeet Kune Do his version of martial arts brought to the American mainstream. Sadly and tragically, he never had the chance to see it come to fruition. Lee suddenly passed away July 20th, 1973, 
almost two months before the film's American release. However, its influence carries on, and that is due to Lee, who would have celebrated his 83rd birthday this past November 27th. To know what American martial arts films are, one must see where they began, and that is with this action masterpiece. I hope you join me next week when we will look at the directorial debut of screen legend Robert De Niro. Next week's film is A Bronx Tale, starring De Niro and Chaz Palminteri. For WMNH and Matt Connerton Unleashed, this has been a classic film review with Eric Pilcher. at 1000 Elm Street, Manchester's premier craft beer and gourmet pretzel bar. Tell us more, Trudy. We make our dough fresh every day. We make a variety of styles of pretzels and serve craft beer, cocktails, and a few bottles of wine. We do the traditional pretzel, and we have multiple flavors for that. We also do stuffed pretzels, pretzel sandwiches, free dessert pretzels, and pretzel knots. The Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan Plaza at 1000 Elm Street. Bring your kitchen to life with Queen City Cabinetry, located at 87 Elm Street in the historic Sunbeam Mall in Manchester. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They can be reached at 603-222-2007 or on the web at queencitycabinetrynh.com. Come see the possibilities. Queen City Cabinetry, another proud sponsor of WMNH. Diz's Cafe is the place to put a smile on your face. Judy and the crew will take care of you. Bring your
your appetite and treat your taste buds right. Diz's Cafe is always a winning choice. Breakfast, lunch, or supper. Diz's Cafe at 860 Elm Street in downtown Manchester. Dine in, take out, or make a reservation. Call 603-606-2532. Eat, drink, and be happy. Diz's Cafe. When it comes to keeping WMNH on the air and your own personal or business computer needs, trust Groland Computers. Located on Elm Street in Manchester, Groland handles computer repair, virus removal, and custom-built systems. Are you looking for budget-friendly options? Check out our selection of fully inspected used computers. We offer tailored, on-site solutions. No unnecessary expenses here. Visit Groland.com or call Groland Computers at 603-645-0101. Your tech, your way. Trust Groland Computers. This hour on WMNH is sponsored by CGI Business Solutions, located at 5 Dartmouth Drive in Auburn. They serve all your business needs, including employee benefits planning, corporate design and business administration, investments and wealth management, and customized business insurance solutions. Their phone number is 866-841-4600 or on the web at cgibusinesssolutions.com. You are listening to WMNH 95.3. The command guy, do the supreme leader, Mezzo Welcome back, everybody. It is Matt Connerton Unleashed, and we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast Channel 6 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Uh, today is Saturday, December 2, 2023. Uh, Jenny is here as well at the news desk. Present and accounted for. Yes, and you're wearing, uh, did you want to show the shirt that you're wearing? Pretty late. Yeah. Great, great band. Uh, yes. Actually, we opened the show today yes. with uh, one of their songs, uh, Guardrail, which I love. But uh, yeah, they were here last week. Was it last week or the week yes, before? Yes, it was last week. Blurs together. Last week, <laughs> which is why I chose to wear the t-shirt Yes, today. yes. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, they yeah. gave us these lovely t-shirts and I love their music. So. Absolutely. Yeah, great, great band. Easy decision to wear the t-shirt. Yes, yes. Uh, we love uh, Pretty Late. Uh, let's see. Uh, today we had uh, to start off the show. We had Glitter Tooth here. They uh, played live in studio and uh, shared some of their uh, uh, recorded tracks as well. Great band. Really, uh, really enjoyed having them here. There's and, a tremendous amount of talent here. 
Oh, I mean, ab- absolutely. If there's anything I've learned after a year of, of um, booking bands the way we've been doing this year, um, it's amazing how much talent, overflowing talent we have in New England. Yeah, and I would say, too, uh, that that applies to wherever you are, where, wherever you are in the world. Uh, check out what's going on in your local music scene. Yes. Because I guarantee you, uh, there are artists in your local scene uh, just doing incredible things. And, you know, uh, get out and check it out, you know. Uh, uh, go on. You know, uh, uh, Bandcamp is a great uh, resource if you want to look for music specifically in your area, wherever you are. Uh, Bandcamp.com or, you know, go out go out and see some live bands. You know, there's, there's great talent everywhere. You know, I've always said uh, the greatest band that ever lived, for all we know, we've never even heard them because they just never got famous, <laughs> you know, but they're but they're somewhere or they were somewhere. But uh, I mean, obviously, it, it's all subjective. What's great and uh, whatnot. But um, there's so much great music out there. So, yeah, Glittertooth, uh, absolutely amazing. Really enjoyed having them here. And then, of course, we had Eric Pilcher's classic film review uh, this week, the subject being Enter the Dragon. From 1973, which I'm embarrassed to say, I've never seen that film. Uh, I say I'm embarrassed to see it because, actually, growing up, I was never really into martial arts movies. But I did, you know, for about five years, I did do uh, Jeet Kune Do, which uh, Jeet Kune Do, which was, uh, of course, uh, developed by Bruce Lee, which is really an amalgam of different styles of martial arts. Um, so I did. Uh, uh, that was kind of the height of, of my exposure to uh, uh, Bruce Lee. But yeah, there was a place in Concord uh, called Integrated Martial Sciences. And uh, Paul Mahler was the instructor there and just incredible, but learned a lot about Bruce Lee from him, actually. But uh, we have a call. We'll see who's on the line. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. Oh, Eric, I don't think I've ever heard your... that voice. I don't think I've ever heard your voice I'm in the at- morning. What was that? I don't think I've ever heard your voice in the morning. It threw me. yes it it is early i'm having tech issues at work so i haven't worked yet despite getting paid for the last two hours oh i see yeah so i thought i would just call in and say good morning to both of you and matt you must see enter the dragon yes i must no i agree like i said i'm embarrassed uh, that i haven't seen it i mean it, it, it is so much more than just a martial arts film yeah it, it is great story, well-written. I mean, you really see the influence that this film had on directors like John Woo and others. Yeah. It, I mean, just amazing film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The problem is I do not think it is streaming anywhere. Oh, you know what's funny is, um, uh, coincidentally, uh, as uh, the guys were packing up from Glittertooth, uh, Taylor, the drummer, was commenting that uh, he just ordered uh, Enter the Dragon. It's coming on. Uh, he, he'd never seen it before, but he ordered it, and it's coming on uh, 4K? I Yes, uh, that's what I did my review off of is the 4K that was just recently released. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. He's like, wait a minute. I just He's here in the review. He's like, I just ordered this film. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, the 4K looks absolutely stunning. And yeah, it's just such a great film, albeit not Bruce Lee's best film. Mm-hmm. I mean, his Golden Harvest films are by far head and shoulders 
better than Enter the Dragon. But this is the film that really, really brought martial arts films into America mainstream and showed major Hollywood that these films can be profitable. Like you don't, it's not just a film that you buy from Japanese studios and air it as Friday night midnight movies at the drive-in, mm-hmm. or just release them on crappy quality VHS. Yeah, how many? Uh, how many? And how many movies? Make your money back. How many movies did he make, uh, Bruce Lee? It's quite a few, right? Bruce Lee made. Well, let me venture out into my living room here. Because there was his Golden Harvest film, and then there was uh, Enter the Dragon. Then there was Game of Death that they completed after his death, and it just doesn't look great. Um, He did five films. Oh, okay. For I don't know why, but my perception, although I think I might know why, but my perception has always been that he made more, that 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 he was like into the double digits with the movies that he made, but he only made five. He starring films of his I mean complimentary roles, yes, way more. But in starring, there is only I believe five. Okay. Now, um was there somebody else because I remember this was years ago. I had a conversation with someone uh, actually who happened to be a musician who was in a, a, a band. I, I, I don't remember his name or what band he was in. This was a long time ago. But he was telling me about um, uh, th- there, there was somebody else like a stand-in or somebody who uh, was pretending to be Bruce Lee that they made some movies with. And, and he was known as Bruce Lie. But but at, like people called him that as a joke because he was like pretending to be Bruce Lee or some Hollywood I producers were trying to pass him off. Name. Yeah, I I forget his name, but they used him for Game of Death. Oh, okay, the one that uh, they had to complete. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean enough of it was done. That's the one that has the fight scene with him and Chuck Norris. Okay. But it- and a fight scene with him and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, it is painfully awkward. <laughs> I bet it is. Um, is it obvious, though? Like, when you're watching it, is it obvious that it's uh, somebody it standing is. in? Yeah. It is. Just because it's not even body or or voice. It's his movements. I mean, it's... you. If you've watched Bruce Lee, you know Bruce's movement. You mm-hmm. know, just it's this quick, flawless. It's like I love the line in the review that we heard. He's like, "Would you ever miss a p- painting lesson with Picasso?" Mm-hmm. Like, there are so few athletes in the world where, where in their sport, their movement is just beautifully flawless. And just, it looks like art. And Bruce Lee's martial arts is that. Mm. I mean, I've heard people compare uh, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, Donnie Yoon. And it's like, no, there's, there's no comparison. Just beautiful movement. Like no, no flaws. Mm-hmm. 
it's probably the sweetest motion in any sport is Bruce Lee's kicks and punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I will. Uh, I'll definitely have to see Enter the Dragon. Like I said, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, it is a great film. Very captivating. Um, some of the reviews when it was released were not very good. Really? They, uh, I believe, uh, the reviewer for Variety said it was a low-rent Chinese food version of James Bond. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's um, not positive. <laughs> which you definitely could not say that today. Right. But back then, you know, reviewers had carte blanche to say whatever they wanted to say. Yes. And unfortunately, that's what Bruce Lee was faced with most of his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, in his endeavors to try to bring his this art to America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is with a great deal of derision and just vitriol. And it, the film uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, does a great job of encompassing that. Now, uh, Melanie uh, in the chat room, uh, she's uh, she has a counterpoint. Uh, she says, I heard Bruce Lee hit and kicked like a little baby and no one was ever really hurt. Now, I don't uh, I don't think that's true. That's not correct. Is it, Eric? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think you hear from John Saxon that <laughs> Bruce Lee could royally mess you up. Yes, um, there is. Uh, you know, it goes without saying I love Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took great exception to his portrayal of Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, th- that's another film I haven't seen. Why? How does he, uh, how does he um, portray Bruce Lee in that movie? Um, uh, egomaniac. Uh, very condescending. Um, and borderline stereotypical. Yeah. It's it's not uh endearing uh look at Bruce Lee. It's a brief scene as well. Probably one of oh. the more memorable scenes in the film. Oh, okay. But uh you know, it just it really it did upset me when I saw it in theaters. <laughs> I was there with my cousin Joe and I told him and I I nudged him and I go that's disgusting. Mm. Hmm. Well, now I want to. I, I said that. That's absolutely <laughs> horrible. Huh. Well, because I... yes, Bruce Lee did talk with an aura of confidence, but he had every reason to be confident. Right. Right. There's a, a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yes, and and. Faithful adaptation and racial profiling. And Quentin Tarantino, I defend him on much of what he's done, but I don't defend that. Uh, It was very disrespectful to Bruce Lee's daughter and his wife. Yeah. Hmm. Because he didn't even tell him he was doing it. Right. Oh. Um. Now, uh, Dan Fallon uh, from the band Run Like Thieves uh, says in the chat room, a baby once kicked me and I cried. Yes, but that baby was not Bruce Lee. 
Yes. <laughs> if Bruce Lee kicked you, you'd be yes, doing more but, than I crying. Mean, I, uh, if anyone's interested and they have Hulu with the ESPN Plus login, the the ESPN 30 for 30, like water, does a very good job of encompassing Bruce Lee and his Jeet Kune Do teachings. And what, I mean, it, Jeet Kune Do wasn't ju- isn't just a martial art. It's a way of life. It's yes. meditation. It's relaxation. It's in what you eat. It's everything. And that's, I think that's a common misconception is that Bruce Lee was just a guy that kicked and punched. No, he lived what he said. When I did, um, see, we never got into any of that. Um, unfortunately, when I did uh, Jeet Kune Do, I, I did it for about five years. And um, our instructor, I don't know, maybe he assumed we didn't care about any of that stuff. I, I would have been interested. But, uh, yeah, we just did a lot of... Um, Actually, my two favorite things, because Jeet Kune Do is a, a, a mix of uh, really anything you can use that works, uh, basically. And um, yes, we did a lot Bruce of... Bruce um, Lee was the first mixed martial artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we did, uh, in the class um, that I was in, we did a lot... The two things that we did the most of were uh, jujitsu and uh, kickboxing, um, which were my two favorite things to do anyway. So that worked out really well for me. That's why I stuck around as long as... I did, even though I was, you know, getting the hell beaten out of me uh, twice a week for for five years. But, um, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but we never, our instructor never ventured in any of the other elements of uh, of Jeet Kune Do uh, with that. Just the uh, just the fighting, which which was fine. But but I would have liked to have um, learned more about everything else. Well, I I still could actually. But uh, yeah. well, a lot of martial arts studios, and this isn't just. Uh, reflective of Jeet Kune Do, this is across the board, unfortunately. A lot of martial arts studios don't focus on the whole life aspect of it. And that's the thing with martial arts. Karate, Judo, Hapkido, all these different fighting styles have a physical, mental life balance to them. And a lot of studios don't focus on that because quite frankly that's not where the money is right right although uh, people go to them to learn how to kick butt like jet lee jackie chan bruce lee uh so on and so forth yeah tony ja jason statham they don't go to learn all that there is to it right right true um, I, I remember too, the thing that was something that was un, unusual to me though, at the time was, uh, uh, Paul Mahler, the, uh, the instructor, like there was no belt system, you know, you know how, if you go to a karate studio, you know, you, you can be a black belt, you, you know, eventually, you know, uh, <laughs> you've got a lot of belts to go through to get to that, but you have a belt system and, um, there was no, there was no belt system. And Paul always said that Bruce Lee, uh, objected to that. He didn't, he didn't like. He, he said he felt it would be disrespectful to Bruce Lee to introduce any kind of a belt system uh, at uh, at the studio. So it was basically, you know, there was beginner, uh, there was um, intermediate, and there was instructor. Those were like the three levels. And, you know, I was intermediate uh, because, you know, I, I went for five years. But that, but that was that it. That is very true. Yeah. Bruce did not believe in the belt structure. That actually caused a lot of 
the dissension uh, martial arts, American martial arts associations had with Bruce Lee. Yeah. And apparently- because he felt that your experience wasn't based on fighting. Your experience was based on life. The more you did in life, the more you learned it in regards to combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's... So that is true. He did not believe in the belt system. Yeah. There was... I mean, Jeet Kune Do has adopted it over the years, but that in, in right. uh, the book of Jeet Kune Do that Bruce Lee wrote, it, they do have a belt system, but it's very simplified. It isn't like, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and... Uh, karate, where karate, there's written tests you have to do to advance as well as combat tests. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Paul explaining to us at the time that there were some Jeet Kune Do studios that did have a belt system, but but he felt that it would be, that that would be wrong because that's not what Bruce wanted. Um, and the other, the other thing, right. the other thing too, that was kind of unusual that sort of when I first started going there, it sort of broke whatever stereotype I had in my head about what it was like to do martial arts was um, you didn't have to wear a gi. Uh, some people did. I, I never in my life have worn a gi. Um, you know, you could wear shorts, you could wear sweatpants, you know, just regular, you know, whatever. Uh, but you, you did not, it, it was not required. And actually only a couple of students did wear gis, but you did not have to wear a gi in that class. And I always thought that was cool because I didn't want to be bothered with, uh, Bruce, with, with that's that. That's another Bruce Lee original. You had a good instructor. Yeah. Bruce, when he taught at the uh, University of Washington, um, he never had students wear geese. Yeah, yeah. To me, it just um, to me it looked up. Uh, you don't wear a gi when you're defending yourself. Exactly. That's what Paul used to say. You don't wear a gi when you're defending yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So why would you yeah, wear one yeah. to train? Yeah. <laughs> that was Bruce Lee's belief. Like, yeah. an someone isn't going to attack you if they see you wearing a gi. Uh, Melanie is asking in the chat room, what about really tight spandex? Have you ever worn that, Matt? Oh, boy. Uh, I am uh, legally uh, prohibited from answering that question uh, publicly. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm thinking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's uh, there's a whole thing. But, uh, yeah. So, that was, yeah, I never I never wore a gi or spandex. But um, not, a, not a class, uh, certainly. But, uh, yeah. No, I'll I'll have to see uh, Enter the Dragon definitely, but it's not it's not streaming anywhere, right? You have to order it. No, it isn't. It is not streaming. I don't think. Mm. Um, I can check that and get back with get back with you guys in the chat, but I don't believe it is. Okay. All right. Um, hey. um if it were streaming, I would guess it would be on Peacock because it's uh, oh, no, it'd be HBO Max. Because it's Warner Brothers. <laughs> Melanie says in the chat room, like a one-piece bodysuit. Those are sexy. I would uh, the only the only time I would wear a one-piece bodysuit was if I were a uh, supervillain. I think that would be uh, appropriate. Ooh, um, on that mm. note, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's best served if I bow out uh, before I get asked about wearing some. I don't know, a gimp outfit or something. Sure, sure. Well, you did mention Tarantino, and of course we've all seen Pulp Fiction. Um, but uh, <laughs> before you go, Eric, do you want to tell us uh, what you have planned uh, for the rest of the month for the film reviews? Unless you have to get back to work. Yes, I don't know if... next, 
next week we are looking at what this is one of my personal favorites a bronx tale um, yes it was at, at, adapted from chas palmentary's uh one man stage play of the same name by robert de niro it's his directorial debut and he also stars in it it's a ri- it's one of the few gangster films that i feel is centralized to one neighborhood mm. and it's just a great story has an excellent cameo by with joe pesci mm. who actually was uncredited in the film ah uh, yeah that is yeah. a great uh, a bronx hill is one of my absolute all-time favorites favorite films he he went uncredited and it didn't have a theatrical release it's really debut was on hbo i didn't realize that no yeah, kidding. it had it had a very limited theatrical release oh. like that. It was very limited to New York. Oh, but other than that, HBO did the worldwide premiere of it. My uh... and a lot of people say that that was the prestige of The Sopranos. Oh, okay. That the success of that movie and the success of the film they did Gotti mm-hmm. led to HBO wanting more. Free crime drama. So, hence The Wire, The Sopranos, mm-hmm. Oz. By the way, I, I just have to say my favorite uh, my favorite scene in A Bronx Tale is the scene in the bar with the bikers. Oh yeah, when when Chaz Palminteri when he says, "Now you just can't leave." <laughs> Such a great scene. Yeah, <laughs> that that is, in my opinion, one of the greatest scenes in gangster film history agreed <laughs> love that it, oh. it, it, in the voiceover narration yeah. in that scene just makes it work now putting that scene in the review could provide quite difficult because uh, of certain language used throughout it um but i'm I have it downloaded and have actually started working on it to see how unintelligible it is. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know. Obviously, uh, things will have to be bleeped, but I'm, I'm sure it's not that bad. Well, there, there's a lot of Italian ethnic slurs used in that scene, and yeah, it, and some of them are very quiet in the background, so it is hard to edit those. Ah, uh, true, true, good point. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I get there are things you pick up on with film when you're reviewing it for a radio show mm. that you didn't pick up on before. Right. Or you're so desensitized to it, you just bypass it. Right, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's one that but I would love to. That scene is amazing. Yeah. Um, then after that is Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Yeah, that I've, that I haven't seen. It, in honor of Ridley Scott's latest release, Napoleon. Ah. And then uh, we will be doing, let me look at my calendar. I believe the 22nd will be a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Um, in honor of Christmas. And that will be the last film review of the year. Um, until... The first film review of the year, which will be a very highly requested film, Schindler's List. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. 
A lot of people have requested it, and I remember watching it when I was in high school for a class, and I haven't watched it since because that film is so haunting. Oh, yeah. So it'll be interesting for me to watch it. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. I've only seen it once. It's an incredible film, but that film is on a very short list of films that I think are... Absolutely amazing, but I never really particularly want to watch them again because they're so overwhelming. There's a very it's, it's a not ver- a buddy in popcorn flick by no. any stretch. No, certainly not. It's, it's in the vein of Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. yeah, and you've seen it, and you really only need to see it once because you get it right, and it just leaves that impact on you. Oh yeah, you never forget it. Yeah. No, but yes, we will be reviewing Schindler's List. Okay, okay. All right. So, so yep. yeah, so I this month should be fun. Mel- Melanie uh, points out, by the way, regarding uh, Schindler's List, the little girl in the red coat was a powerful scene. That's exactly what I was thinking about, too, just now. I was thinking that same that, thing. That is actually on the cover <clears throat> of the 4K. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yep, the little girl in the red coat. Yep. Pink coat. I believe it's pink. Pink or red. I for I th- I thought it was red, but I could be wrong. I I think it's one of those where it's such a light color, but that makes it so much more powerful. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. it's open to interpretation. But that was a brilliant move by Spielberg. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, that's what we have, but I will let you guys go. Have a good rest of the show. Jenny, it was nice speaking with you again. And you as well. All right. And have a good rest of the show, you two. All right, Eric. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Be safe. No problem. Bye. All right. right. Bye-bye. All right. That was our friend uh, Eric Pilcher with uh, Eric Pilcher's classic film review. And today, the uh, this week, the subject was Enter the Dragon from 1973. Uh, JFED in the chat room says, I'll make sure you get my reviews as well, Matt. <laughs> He's always trying to get, trying to get in there on uh, Eric's reviews. Trying to one-up them, I think, you know? Well, we are at the top of the hour, so we're going to take uh, one more quick uh, break, show some love to our sponsors, and then we'll be back with uh, the, the final hour of our show today. I think we have a, a specific subject that uh, uh, I've been posting about on social media that seems to have the whole world talking and which one of the individuals involved in the situation has actually referred to it as a global divorce. Wow. Yes. I did not see that. Yes. It's it's actually rather it's it's rather uh, uh, heartbreaking. It's it's like uh, it's like watching my parents get divorced, except they're musicians. But we'll we'll talk about it. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and then uh, we'll see you uh, on the other side. Come on down to the Hop Knot at 1000 Elm Street, Manchester's premier craft beer and gourmet pretzel bar. Tell us more, Trudy. We make our dough fresh every day. We make a variety of styles of pretzels and serve craft beer, cocktails, and a few bottles of wine. We do the traditional pretzel, and we have multiple flavors for that. We also do stuffed pretzels, pretzel sandwiches, three dessert pretzels, and pretzel knots. The Hop Knot in the Brady Sullivan Plaza at 1000 Elm Street. Bring your kitchen to life with Queen City Cabinetry. 
located at 87 Elm Street in the historic Sunbeam Mall in Manchester. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They can be reached at 603-222-2007 or on the web at queencitycabinetrynh.com. Come see the possibilities. Queen City Cabinetry, another proud sponsor of WMNH. Diz's Cafe is the place to put a smile on your face. Judy and the crew will take care of you. Bring your appetite and treat your taste buds right. Diz's Cafe is always a winning choice. Breakfast, lunch, or supper. Diz's Cafe at 860 Elm Street in downtown Manchester. Dine in, take out, or make a reservation. Call 603-606-2532. Eat, drink, and be happy. Diz's Cafe. Plymouth Toes. Toes. Pizzeria. Family friendly. Awesome for a date night. Plymouth Toes. Toes. Pizzeria. For delivery, call 603-782-8450. Plymouth Toes. Pizzeria, the best pizza in town. 1875 South Willow Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. Best cocktails around. Come in as friends and leave as family. When it comes to keeping WMNH on the air and your own personal or business computer needs, trust Groland Computers. Located on Elm Street in Manchester, Groland handles computer repair, virus removal, and custom-built systems. Are you looking for budget-friendly options? Check out our selection of fully inspected used computers. We offer tailored, on-site solutions. No unnecessary expenses here. Visit Groland.com or call Groland Computers at 603-645-0101. Your tech, your way. Trust Groland Computers. This hour on WMNH is sponsored by CGI Business Solutions, located at 5 Dartmouth Drive in Auburn. They serve all your business needs, including employee benefits planning, corporate design and business administration, investments and wealth management, and customized business insurance solutions. Their phone number is 866-841-4600 or on the web at cgibusinesssolutions.com. WMNH, rip the knob off. You are listening to WMNH 95.3. Welcome back, everybody, as we cruise into our third hour Numero Trace of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast Channel 6 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, today is Saturday, December 2, 2023. Jenny is here as well at the news desk. I am present. Yes, yes. And you can be with us at uh, if you want to call 6. 
603-250-6007. The studio line is open, 603-250-6007. You can also text us at 617-917-4476. I'm on social media at Matt Connerton. You can email me, Matt, at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at uh, 603 603- 2506007 and uh I think uh Jeff Pagari uh from uh, Greensboro North Carolina is on the line Jeff is that you That is me correct Matt wait can I have a can I ask you a question before we get to the biggest news about why are you guys moving to Saturday everybody's wondering Uh yeah just a, a little bit of a change in content strategy and uh it could change again in the future we shall see but uh, got a lot okay. to do. Got a well, lot to do during the week. So, <laughs> for right now, this is a little easier. <laughs> okay, Before I get to my big news, class here, another quick question: The Frank Sinatra show. How do I get to listen to it? Because Matt, I am a big Sinatra fan. Oh, the new. How do you what? get? How do you get to listen to what? The Frank Sinatra show is actually going to be airing on Sunday, Jenny. The Frank Sinatra show. I'm not. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a special that uh, Jenny doesn't know about. By the way, by the by the way, by the way, Matt. Yes. By the way, Matt and Jenny, today at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live, J- JP and IB are going to go live and honor Matt Carlton today. IB is that Isaac Banks? Yes. Also known oh, as we're going to be going live and honor of you guys today. We're going to be we're going to be going live for two four hours of Christmas fun. And uh, excellent! Wow! Uh, uh, all right. Hashtag. Uh, and I love you guys. Um, by, by the way, by the way, happy holidays, and hopefully everybody's been good because San- because JP and IB are looking at the Christmas list, oh. including Matt Carlton's Christmas list. Yes. Got you. Yes, Got you. I I suspected as much. Much love back at you. <laughs> well, you guys have a good day, and I will call them next week. Happy holiday, you guys. And we, excuse me, me, excuse me, me and Isaac, me and Isaac, love you guys. So keep it up. All right, we appreciate uh, all the support. Thank you. Happy holidays to you. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. <laughs> all righty. Uh, well, very nice. Uh, nice to hear from uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, checking in. Hashtag I say to you. Uh, 603. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done. 603-250-6007 <laughs> is the studio line if you'd like to chime in. Uh, 603-250-6007. Uh, before we uh, get into uh, my my favorite uh, duo uh, uh, splitting up, uh, <laughs> my favorite uh, musical duo, we should uh, mention, too, just uh, a few events coming up. Well, for one thing, we've got the Miracle on Elm Street. Yes. Uh, uh, the morning show is going to be uh, broadcasting live, I believe, uh, from Bonfire. Yep. And uh, I think uh, now starting that's, at 4 p.m. I believe starting at 4 p.m. and uh, we'll uh, we'll be there. Uh, you're donating a uh, beautiful painting. I'm going to try and make some hollow to donate with it to sweeten the pot. Excellent. Maybe even some cinnamon apple hollow. Oh, very nice. I always very make nice. it around Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I'm donating a, uh, a free uh, online or in, in person if they're in the area uh, hypnosis session. Yep. Yep. So um, lots of great toys coming in. People, oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's still plenty of time to donate. You can drop your gifts off here at the station at 1045 Elm Street, Suite 300. Uh, probably the easiest thing um, is to uh, uh, just uh, bring, which I, I in the past, a lot of people oh, have brought yes. gifts uh, That's true. Right, uh, right to Bonfire. 
Yeah, you can come um, down, say hi to everybody. On the day. So that'll be, that's Wednesday, right? Wednesday, yes, Wednesday uh, starting at 4 o'clock at the bonfire. Yes, yes. Um, so please, uh, you know, it's a, a great event, uh, an annual event that uh, uh, Peter White and uh, Maddie uh, Cushane uh, and everything benefits Manchester kiddos. A lot of, a lot of other uh, great people are involved like Jeff Nyan and, uh, and yeah, and the, the city really comes together to, uh, to support kids, uh, right here in the queen city, make sure they have toys for, uh, for, uh, the holidays. Don't forget so. the older kids too. Mm. No teenagers, they, lots of great things to get teenagers yep. and we're always looking for older kids stuff too. Yeah. So, uh, so that's coming up. That is, yep. uh, this week. That's on Wednesday. And then uh, we also have, we're going to be attending an event at the art studio. Yes. Um, I'm excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. This is my new favorite place, I think. Yeah. I didn't know it existed, and now that I do, I'm in love. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago now, right? Yeah. We, we went to a show there. at. I'm trying to get the flyer to open it's on the, my- It's uh, the uh, Mosaic Art Collective right here in the Queen City. Yes. Um, which it's, I, it's right above the Palace Theater. It's amazing. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. artwork. There's some artist studios in there. Uh, we went to a, a lovely concert and I had a blast. And then we're going to be going back. Oh, I found the, uh, okay, the flyer uh, loaded on my computer. Yeah, yep. so that's going to be on uh, Friday. Oh, that's, um, yeah, it's a little that's ways the one off. That there's two different times you can go. Yeah, it's uh, Friday, December 15th. Uh, we're going to the noon uh, event because, uh, yep. I, I, but when you uh, showed it to me, my first impulse was to say, oh, let's go to the 530. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's Friday. We don't know how long it's going to be. And of course, I have Retrospectrum Radio with Paul E.C. But yeah, this will be very interesting. So what this is, and it's a subject that we'll be talking about. I don't know that we'll necessarily have time to get to it today in any depth, but at some point we'll be getting into this on the show. Uh, Artificial Intelligence in Art, a Discussion. Friday, December 15th, uh, there's one at noon and one at 530 at the Mosaic Art Collective, Suite 201 at 66 Hanover Street, uh, right here in Manchester. And um, part really? of... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I like the um, the title, if you look at the, the imagery, uh, AI and Art, Revolutionizing Creativity or Threatening Authenticity. Yes. I'm very interested to talk about this subject. By the way, uh, coincidentally, last night, um, you had you had gone to bed, but I was uh, up late working on on something, and I was trying to um, uh, uh, Dolly uh, three, uh, which is uh, the new uh, Open AI image generator or the newest uh, version of it. I was trying to get it to create a new logo for something. I won't say for what, but um, and uh, boy, it was failing me uh, horribly. Oh boy, <laughs> maybe maybe the prompts I was if you know anything about AI, maybe the prompts I was using weren't uh, specific enough. But like I was trying to get it to create a logo for something, and there's specific verbiage, there's specific verbiage that needs to go into the logo, and it was like it kept missing letters, and it oh. was very strange. What is it called? Uh, Dolly three. Dolly three. This like is like the artist I'm... Dolly, D A L L E three. It's it, it. You have to pay for it if you use it through Chat GPT, but you can use the Bing Chat to access it for free. Oh, and I guess this is Bing's way of trying to get people to use Bing instead of Google or something. With good luck, but um, so there's a way that you can access it for free that I found, and I was trying to use it last night to create a logo for something, and uh, it couldn't even get it. it <laughs> It, it was just a, it was a, a total fail. So. Well, it, it's new technology. That's what's going to be, you know. Yes, yes. But, um, but it's, it's interesting to, uh, 
Well, anyway, it's something we'll obviously be talking a lot about in the coming days, coming weeks, perhaps the coming years on the show as it affects uh, everything having to do with, you know, the music Seriously. industry. And uh, But I, I do use it. I do use, you know, I love the chat GPT. I know you do. You finally uh, used it uh, recently Only for, for your benefit. That's right. That's I, right. I abhor it otherwise. I like to... Um, As a writer, I will not use it for right, myself, right. but you wanted something, so you got it. I like to ask chat GPT questions like, um, you know, sometimes I use it in my work to help me, uh, you know, if I need something written quickly. But also I like to ask it questions like, you know, uh, what exactly is your plan to... Uh, uh, completely take over and destroy humanity. Did it tell you when it, the Terminators are coming? It does not. It says uh, that it? It, it responds uh, that is classified. No, it actually <laughs> I, I don't I don't really ask it those questions. I'm afraid to. I'll tell you what, though, when I was using Dolly three in the Bing chat, I'd, I'd I'd type a prompt, you know, asking it to create a logo and then it would create it. It would do something that completely unusable. And then when I would ask it again, and I would, you know, try to be more specific about what I was asking for. It kind of got a little bit snarky with me. Really? And I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. This is not a bit. It got a little bit snarky. It would say things like, "I already did that, but if you want me to try again, I can," or something like that. But it was, it was talking back to me a little bit. It, no. it really was. It was saying things like, "I already did that for you." It was wow. actually saying things like that, and I'm like, "What this?" Uh, uh, maybe because I'm using the free version through Bing, but it had a little bit of an attitude with me. No, that surprised way. me. Like, like hmm. I, 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 I'm not kidding. It really did do that, and I was a little taken aback. I was like, I don't think I like your tone there, uh, Dolly get, Three. Does it get to know you, or is it? It's just starting well, over every time. I, is it getting to know you? Uh, well, it does learn uh, in theory, uh, but uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I don't want it to get to know me if it's going to be rude to me like that. I ask it for <laughs> something and it does it wrong, and then uh, it tells me, "Well, I already did that for you." It's like, uh, yeah, I'm asking you to do it again, but do it correctly. Ooh, I did you type that? No, I did not. I wonder what would have happened if you had. Uh, then it'll probably uh, like an animated middle finger will appear or something. I don't know. It, it, You'll it, be banned. I, I don't know. I don't know what the consequence is of uh, fighting with it. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I shan't uh, <laughs> try to argue with uh, the AI because I don't want it to kill me. I, I might be the first one it kills when it does decide to uh, turn on humanity and destroy us. It's uh, like, uh, we're going to get that Matt Connerton guy first because he kept insisting that we do the same thing over and over because he didn't like what we did the first time. Uh, no satisfying that one. Uh, so once it becomes sentient, uh, I'm going to be the first to go. Um, but that's a, that's another subject we have to, uh, Oh, Oh, I knew, oh, there, then, I knew there was another event yep, we wanted to mention. I was going to remind we, uh, you. Yes. The, uh, the uh, drag, uh, trivia, Yes. Uh, Thursday night at the Hop Knot. And um, we will be there. We will. We will. So come down and say hello. It starts uh, Thursday, December 7 at uh, 7 p.m. Are you ready for this, folks? Matt is going to play bingo. He has agreed he will play bingo. Drag bingo. Did I say <laughs> Did I say drag bingo or did I say drag trivia? I'm not sure I, I said. I think you said trivia, actually. It's not trivia. They usually, bingo. right, that's right. They usually have trivia on Thursday night, but, uh, but they're I doing think, a uh, bingo special. They're, they're doing a, yeah. So next week, Thursday. So uh, with uh, Coco Bean uh, Reigns, Coco Bean Reigns and uh, Cordelia Rose. Yes. Uh, we'll be there. There will be prizes. There is a $10 cover, 21 plus. And Jenny and I will be there. So come on down and say hello. Yes. 
I'm I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I got to play drag bingo once before, and I had a blast. So oh, I'm yes. looking forward to doing it again. Yes. yes. It, it's a hoot. It's a good time. You certainly will have some laughter. Yes. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I, I like it. I like the laughter. I like the joking. I like taking a break away from the world. Yes. And I am really looking forward to this. And the pretzels ain't bad either. Seriously, I was looking. Oh, mm. all right. I'm thinking maybe we got to get the pizza pretzel. Oh, yes. Or maybe get you the pizza pretzel. That's my favorite. Oh, That's I'm, my I'm favorite. Not, I, I'm, I don't know. I might just skip the food and go straight for the dessert pretzels because mm. I was looking at some of those. Oh, my God. I'll have um, to spend the next, like, month going to the gym every day, but uh, <laughs> they look so good. Yep. So that'll Chocolate, be a, creamy. That'll be a Thursday night. Um mm. Melanie in the chat room says, ha, 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 Skynet going to kill us all no matter what you do. Oh, We know. We know. We're just trying to, you know, hang in for the long road. That's right. That's hang in right. There as long as possible. Maybe they'll they'll skip us. Yes. As long as Matt stops making the, the chat GPT and the other AI programs mad. I mean, you're going to put a big target on us. I know. So stop it. I wish I don't get snarky with me. I wish I had saved that somewhere. It really, I, I was, I was taken aback. I, it's like, I already did that for you. It's like, yeah, you're, you're pretty soon. It's just going to be like the soup Nazi. No AI for you. Get out. That would be horrible. <clears throat> I don't want to be left. I don't, I don't want to be left behind. Oh boy. Um, well, that's another story. 603-250-6007-603-250-6007 is a studio line. All right, we have to talk about it. I've, um, well, I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I, I want to read you a quote, and I want you to tell me who wrote it. Okay. His behavior has become adversarial and aggressive instead of professional and courteous. I do know who said that. Who said that? The great Daryl Hall. Correct. Ding, 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 and what ding, I, ding. But what I is shocking to me is who he said it about. Yeah, that's the hard part. The great John Oates. This took me by surprise. Like, I didn't see this coming in any way, shape, or form. I thought they were still touring together. Yeah, they uh, apparently they last toured in 2021, I think. I honestly didn't realize that they'd gone there. <sighs> yeah. This is bizarre. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, watching this happen with, uh, of course, uh, Daryl Hall versus John Oates. It's not Daryl Hall and John Oates anymore. It's Daryl Hall versus John Oates. Yes. You know, it's it's reading reading this uh, and re reading these articles and these quotes of them sniping at each other. It's like uh, some of you might relate to this. It's like to me, it's like uh, lying in bed at night and hearing my parents argue. <laughs> you know, for those of you who've experienced that when you're a kid, oh, how, how how awful that is. Right? It's like it feels like that. Uh, this Paul is went forward and said, "It appears to me that John Oates' intent has become to burden and harass me without regard to my interests." As he, as, excuse me, as his business partner or the interest of W.O.E. W.O.E., of course, is uh, Whole Oats. Is it Enterprises? Enterprises. Yes. Yes. Whole Oats. Yes. Because they had an album. Hall & Oates had an album named uh, Whole Oats, which uh, that was very early uh, in their career. And they uh, chose that title with uh, no apparent sense of uh, cringe. It was clever. No. It's yes, not it's clever. clever. As a uh, lifelong fan of Daryl Hall and John Oates, I am almost as horrified uh, at the fact that there exists an album called Whole Oats as I am at the fact that they are getting this, what Daryl Hall has termed, a global divorce. Global, because the whole world is talking about this. And uh, it's very upsetting. They should have called it Hall Oats. Ha ha. Just oh. like one word. Hall Oats. 
Why? Stop, because I thought it was funny. Oh, I did. You're a brat. I, I, <laughs> whole oats. I think whole oats is clever. I don't. I do. Uh, now, uh, so part of what is so surprising about, well, okay, I've been paying attention to uh, to a, a, this is not, let me put it this way. The fact that there is some sort of issue between them, uh, which there clearly is, and and it seems to be business-based, a, a professional business disagreement that seems to have uh, become personal, but there's, there's much that we still don't know. But the fact that there is any issue at all is not completely surprising to me, and I'll tell you why. And I haven't, uh, I'm going to, just make a, some observations that um, I've heard other people sort of hint at, but nothing. I'm going to go a little uh, deeper uh, on this uh, because uh, hopefully you're all as fascinated by the uh, drama of Daryl Hall and John Oates as I am. Um, There's but, a word for that the youth have now. That the youth has? Yeah. Spilling the tea. Oh, spilling the tea. Well, That's I've, supposed to be gossip now. That's right, the new, right. The right. new woke, or not woke, the new, what do you call it? I don't know. I, I uh, well, I don't drink tea, but if I if I did, I would spill it because I'm clumsy. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I suppose this is apropos, uh, which I think the young people also say that. Uh, I think I heard DJ Reckless uh, saying that the other day. He said something about, "Oh, that's very apropos." <laughs> so the young the young that. the young people say that as well. I believe. Um, I have observed over the past. Mm, five or six years, that Daryl Hall has low-key, the young people definitely say that, has low-key been disparaging John Oates subtly and just a little bit here and there. Now, people who have been following this closely, everyone refers to the Bill Maher podcast, where Daryl Hall was on Club Random. This was like, I don't know, five, six months ago. He was on Bill Maher's podcast. And Bill Maher brings up, you know, he's, he's talking to Daryl Hall about his career and, you know, whether uh, they're going to make new music or they're just going to keep touring on the hits and whatnot. And uh, Bill Maher said something to him about, um, in terms of his decision-making, he said something about, well, but you have a partner. To which uh, Daryl Hall quickly replied, you think John Oates is my partner? No, he's, he's, we're, we're business partners. He's not my creative partner. And Bill Maher's reaction is like, whoa, what have I stepped in here? And Daryl Hall goes on to say that uh, they're not they're not creative partners and uh, they're they're strictly business partners. And yes, they made records together called Hall and Oates. But uh, but that doesn't mean but but even even on the records, they're very separate. And um, people are people are pointing to that. And and did at the time saying why is he why is he talking about John that way he's he's making it sound like he's basically Daryl's basically making himself sound like a solo artist and like uh, John Oates is just kind of this hanger on kind of the Andrew Ridgely to uh, Daryl's George Michael's and uh, or is it George Michael and um, you know uh, and and then he kind of cleans it up a little bit later in the podcast because Bill Maher comes back to it and says. Well, you know, when you're a fan of people, you want you want the people you like to like each other. And at that point, Daryl clarifies and he says, and keep in mind, this is before the lawsuit. Daryl says, oh, no, no, I do like John. We're friends. We're just we're not we're, we're just not creative partners like people think we are. 
John went, John's really being very verbal too. He's going out and talking to everybody. He told the Los Angeles Times, um, everything you do is just opposed against another person. Try doing that sometime. I don't want to use the word emasculating because that's male, but it takes away your individuality. I thought it was Daryl who said that. No, that was Hall. Hall. Daryl Hall. No, Hall. Right. Yeah, Daryl said that. Daryl Hall. What did I say? You, you said John Oates. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, J J John isn't saying as much as Daryl. Well, so Daryl is. Daryl is going. That's what I meant. Daryl is, right. is. He's talking to everybody. I got quotes well, that's, from everybody that's, here. That's pre-lawsuit. Yeah. So Daryl, well, that's what I mean, though. Daryl, for a while now, for about five or six years, has been trying to kind of distance himself. And I have a theory about this. Uh, and and I found um, I found a podcast that Daryl was on. This was a while ago. This was a couple of years ago. I found a podcast interview that, because, you know, neither of these guys really do a ton of interviews. But I found one from a number of years ago where Daryl kind of strongly implied that uh, that some of those songs that are credited where both he and John are credited as songwriters, it was really mostly Daryl and that they were never creative equals and that it's more of a 90, 10 partnership. So he's been kind of disparaging John for a while. Um, My understanding is that the, the big thing about this, this is all about creative control over their names, their music, things of that nature. But prior to this lawsuit, Oates already sold a good chunk of his. They both did together. So, so there's a third they, party. They already that sold owns. off part of their publishing. So in in it's this company prime primary Hall, wave. I think Hall is afraid that if Oates sells his to this third party, now some third party has uh controlling ownership over their entire catalog, their name, their everything. Well not only that, but according to Daryl Hall's attorneys, um Part of what is in their their uh, business agreement is there's a, a, a confidentiality. He, he, in other words, Daryl is claiming that John violated this confidentiality agreement by showing the business agreement that they have within Whole Oats Enterprises. It's hard for me to even say that Whole Oats. Uh, the, Stop it. The, 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 I think by, it's not by showing their agreement to Primary Wave because. You're not supposed to do that. So uh, you're not supposed to do that without Hall approving it. And neither of them can do that without the other approving it, which seems to be why the judge has gone ahead and put a pause on the sale. Um, but but Daryl, the, the thing about Daryl is I, I have long held a, uh, a theory, especially when I noticed Daryl. I noticed something. Geez, I noticed this years and years ago. In fact, there is an album. I think it's Do It For Love which was the last full-length studio album of all original material that Hall & Oates has ever put out. And I remember looking... Geez, this must have been... This was like 15 years ago. It's been a long time since they put out an original because Daryl has said they don't have anything to say to, together creatively. They've put out solo albums. But the last studio album they put out, you know, I love to look at liner notes. If it's an artist that I'm really interested in, and like I said, I'm a big fan... And I remember looking at the liner notes and there's a section where, you know, Daryl thanks, you know, you'll see that in albums. Daryl thanks these people and John thanks these people. And I notice in the section where it says Daryl thanks, he says um, something like, I want to thank my musical team. And then he and then he lists off all these these names. 
And I noticed, I remember thinking, that's interesting. I want to thank my musical team and not yeah. our musical team. That's a good point. And I remember noticing that. And um, and I think if you looked at the part where John thanks everybody, he actually mentions Daryl. <laughs> but it's like Daryl never mentions John. My longstanding theory has been that, uh, and forgive the pop psychology here, but I think Daryl resents, I think he resents John Oates. Because I think Daryl likes to think of himself as a solo artist. Um, I think that's part of why he started live at Daryl's house, which is a great series. I, I love, you know, I can I can get lost in watching those online. Um, but I think that I think that Daryl has always seen himself that way. And I think he kind of resents, you know, when he does when he's done solo albums, like I remember when I was a kid, he released a solo album called Three Hearts and the Happy Ending Machine. Uh, there's a song called Dream Time, which was the first single, which was a pretty big hit, but but not on the scale necessarily of of what Hall and Oates has accomplished. Hall and Oates together, they're the biggest selling duo in pop history. And I think Daryl kind of resents being tied to John in that way. That's so sad. Um, yeah, it is. But but that's my theory. Why? Because even in in interviews, I remember. Um, uh, uh, recently I saw a, an interview that had resurfaced from a couple of years ago where Daryl Hall is talking about primary wave owning the publishing on a lot of their, their material. And he refers to it as my material. He doesn't say our material. He says, I don't like, I don't like this, uh, company that, uh, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but I don't like them owning all of my material. You know, it's just, he, yeah. he tends to talk like that. He tends to refer to, and it hasn't always been that way. Of course, back in the day, it wasn't that way. But I've noticed that over the past five or six years, he 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 almost talks about himself, you know, unless John's name happens to come up like he's a solo artist. The other thing I will say is Daryl, don't get me wrong, I, I love Daryl Hall, huge fan of his music uh, and the show live at Daryl's house is great and everything. But um, he has a reputation for being a little bit of a diva, whereas John Oates has a reputation for just being the salt of the earth. The only person I've ever seen say anything negative about John Oates is Daryl Hall in recent days since this uh, lawsuit was filed. Um, other than that, nobody's ever said a bad thing about John Oates. Um, I also wonder, is there some resentment on Daryl's part? Because um, Daryl, if you hear him now, he can't sing like he used to. And that's fine. He's 77 years old and your voice changes. And But John Oates, if you go online, let me put it this way. If you go online and you listen to Daryl Hall singing recently, you might notice a change. He still sounds great. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the greatest singers ever. But uh, he still sounds really good. Can't take that away from him. But, he, but you can tell there's a, there's a change, right? But if you go online and you find a show of a recent, if you find a video of a recent John Oates show, John Oates sounds incredible. And um, I remember finding a YouTube video of John Oates singing Out of Touch. You know the song Out of Touch? Yeah. Of John Oates singing it at one of his solo shows. And uh, somebody in the, uh, it was like somebody read my mind because somebody in the comments I don't usually bother to look at the comments, but for some reason on that one I did. Somebody actually commented in, on the video, wow, John sings better than Daryl now. It used to be the other way around. Mm. And uh, so I wonder if if, uh, if uh, Daryl uh, resents John for that too, because John's John's voice 
has clearly not diminished, whereas Daryl's has. And Hall is actually actively touring as a solo act. They both are. Yeah, they both are. Well, Oates, um, uh, Hall accuses Oates of intentionally trying to sell this stuff now to disrupt and make his life difficult. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> he, he's doing this. He's creating unnecessary, uh, he said, uh, not to mention unnecessary expense and burden during a time when I'm in the middle of a tour through the U.S. West Coast, Japan, and Manila, Manila and need to focus and perform at a top level. I believe that John Oates timed the unauthorized transaction to create the most harm to me. Respectfully, he must be stopped from this latest wrongdoing and his malicious conduct reined in once and for all. Wow. 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 Oof. No. Wow, that's hard. We think these guys went to college together. They met at Temple University. Mm -hmm. They became a band in the 1970s. All this time. Mm -hmm. They but they haven't done anything in nearly two nearly two decades from what I've been reading up as far as like doing anything more it's been well they tour they they, they they've, they've toured no, together I mean, like a lot the last but... time they actually put anything out together yeah was it's been nearly 20 years yeah since they've done that but it's sad to see this long relationship devolve into this mm -hmm. but i can't blame I'm, I'm i'm kind of in camp hall here because i can't blame him for not wanting a third party to have controlling interest of his work right you know, of their work. Like, I, I can see why that would be really... <laughs> I mean, what happens if they do? Does Could Hall legally be prohibited from playing music? No. No, it doesn't work that way. But but it would be... The thing is, when somebody else owns your publishing, the publishing rights to your music, um, and it, it's a big subject, and I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I only know a little bit, but um, they, they decide how it's used. So let's say whoever owns your publishing, they want to um, sell your song to a car company to use in their commercial. Well, if you, as the artist who wrote and recorded that song, you know, if, if you own your publishing, you have a right to, you know, do whatever you want with it. But if somebody else owns your publishing, they have a right to do whatever they want with it. Yep. Um, some of these artists who are uh, selling their publishing, Springsteen did it. Um, uh, Neil Young did it. Neil Young claimed, though, in his interview on uh, Howard Stern that when he sold off his publishing, because, you know, they're cashing out, they're getting huge sums of, huge lump sums of money to sell off their publishing. Um, Neil Young claims that in his agreement, I think it was Neil Young who said this, or maybe it was David Crosby before he died, said that uh, in their agreement, they still have veto power over how their music is used. Although that's not how it's supposed to work, so I wonder if that I wondered if that was true, but um, yeah. So Daryl might be concerned about how their music is going to be used, um, and and uh, if if it's true that John Oates violated that confidentiality agreement, then that's a problem. Absolutely. Um, I tend to be on Team Oates though, Team John, because uh, well, first of all, the mustache. Oh, come on. Truly one of the great mustaches. That is mustaches. not a reason to get a no, higher up. No, listen. No. Listen, no. that is John Oates in the 80s. For you, you youngins who might not know, you'll have to go back and look. <laughs> go to Google Images, type in John Oates. He had a mustache that rivaled 
Tom Selleck. Uh, who else? Uh, it is a very Wil- nice Wil- Wilford Brimley. Mustache. Sorry. Yes, yes. But it is not a reason, I do not believe. And it inspired leg up. And it inspired a cartoon, Jay Stash. Really? Yeah, I I don't I Come this, on, for real? No, for real. There's uh if you if you go on YouTube and look up Jay Stash, it's really funny. Stop it. It's, no, I'm, is it just the stash or is or is he involved? Is it his body? It's a whole thing. You got to you got to see mustache. it. It's really funny. When you get Come a chance, on. go on YouTube and look up Jay Stash cartoon. Stop. It's really Who funny. It's really funny. Who um, did that? Yeah, it was it was a whole thing. And he was involved in it. He he provided the voice for really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like 15 years ago, maybe it didn't go anywhere though, unfortunately, but, uh, no, I mean, just on, just based on reputation, I mean, uh, uh, you know, John sounds like the much nicer person just generally. Um, I do find it hard to believe that he's uh, doing any of this out of malice to Daryl Hall. But again, I mean, legally, if he's not supposed to share any confidential business information with primary wave and he did that, uh, then, uh, you know, it's hard not to be on uh, Team Daryl, I suppose. But um, Daryl does have a rep for being a bit of a, a diva. Um, I wonder, did he, I mean, did he Did he have like a first right of refusal or anything like that? You know what I mean? Like, was there yeah. any effort to let him buy his himself instead of selling it to the third party? Yeah, I don't know. Because that would make sense to me. Like, first, uh, hey, buddy, do you want it? You know, I'll sell it to you. I don't want it anymore. I want the money. I'll sell it to you. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that we still don't know, but more details keep uh, trickling out. What we do know is their their relationship feels like it's irrevocably. They've lost that love and feeling. Yes. Whoa, that love and feeling. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite Daryl Hall and John Oates song? Uh, you know, it kind of changes. I mean, I think probably out of touch is the one that I've listened to the most over the course of my life. I love family man, which, uh, at one point was, uh, famously banned here at WMNH. Yeah. Yeah. Peter did that. P- Peter White. Uh, he not a family, not man. a, not a fan of family man. I'll tell you, it was a whole thing. You know what I reg- we had a lot of uh, long long time listeners might know about that. It's a lot to it's a lot to explain. It was a whole bit that we it was one of those bits that sort of enveloped both this show and the morning show and we yeah. had a lot of fun with it. It was a number of years ago now. But um <laughs> my one regret about that, I wish that it all happened around April 1st of that year because I would have loved to have come in as an April Fools joke come in to do my show <laughs> and just play family man for 2 hours. I think that would have been hilarious but the the timing of it didn't work out. It wasn't uh it wasn't during the month of April or uh, or going into April that that all happened, Oops. but we had a lot of fun the the famous uh, family man saga. Um but uh <clears throat> the other thing about this is um I remember within the last year reading an interview with John Oates before all of this happened, where somebody asked him about, you know, do you guys ever fight? Do you guys ever argue and disagree over anything? And he said, and Daryl Hall had said this too in the past, that the two of them in their five decades of working together had never had an actual argument. Um, How can they be so distant now then? I know. Like if they were, I don't buy it. Come on. Oh, that they'd never had an argument? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they had disagreements, but but yeah, they they both claimed that they'd never like actually yelled at each other or stormed out of the studio or slamming oh, doors or oh anything no, like see, that. I could see that. I could see that. But it's just it stinks that they're 
so far apart from one another now. And then what happens if it is allowed to be sold to the third party? Does that mean that third party will have the control over everything? Because it's not it. This is their name, their logo, their music. It's everything about them. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, you know what's really sad too is is this how they want to go out? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, just on a you know putting everything else aside, just on a human level. I mean, Daryl Hall is seventy-seven years old. John Oates is seventy-five, and this is how it's gonna He's doing it from nineteen seventy. This is how it's gonna end. God, that's that that part is heartbreaking Lawsuit. to me. It is horrible. It is horrible. You know. All that success, the biggest selling duo of all time, and this is how it's going to end? And they like the nice guys in music, right? They're the guys that you'd want to go listen to and relax and have fun and joke around. They were the happy guys. Yeah. It's hard to see these two, like, happy guys not so happy. Because, you know, watching them growing up, their music, I mean, it was it was always good music. It was, you know, it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna kill some. It's, it was always good music, happy music, you know, loving music, and they always seemed to be those those people. It's hard to see them in this really negative, nasty light. Yeah, where they're just at each other's throats, trying to hurt each other, basically. Yeah, maybe they stayed together too long. Maybe and grew to resent each other. Those people do that. Relationships. I've had. I had a relationship. Too long. So yeah, you 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 sent me an article here from Grunge.com oh, I goofed, ab about yeah. this, and uh, well, uh, or actually, you also put it in the chat room, and I clicked it, and and just kind of scrolling down. Yeah, yeah this th one just came out. This article I just sent you from Grunge. This yeah, literally just came out within the few hours. So it, it talks a lot about their career and whatnot, but then it, it, it scrolling down to the part where it talks about what's happened recently. It says here. Uh, Daryl Hall also seemed to resent, and that's the word that I used. I think he resents John Oates. He seemed to resent what his partnership with John Oates represented. Uh, he told the L.A. Times, quote, everything you do is juxtaposed against another person. Try doing that sometime. I don't want to use the word emasculating because that's male, but it takes away your individuality, unquote. Hall's annoyance at his lack of individuality could be why he hasn't worked together musically with Oates for a long time. He once again mentioned Oates on an episode of Club Random with Bill Maher. That's what I was talking about earlier, saying, quote, he is my business partner. He's not my creative partner. We made records called Hall and Oates together, but we've always been very separate. And that's a really important thing for me, unquote. Oates additionally clarified that the pair aren't close anymore. In 2023, he told The Big Takeover, quote, I think we have both grown apart professionally and personally. I think we both want to do something else, unquote. Then, in November 2023, Hall filed a lawsuit against Oates, as reported. Uh, uh, the uh, lawsuit uh, falls under the contract debt category, uh, and uh, it says no further details have been released, but obviously some things have there come out now. There is a TRO. There is a temporary restraining order oh, yeah. preventing the sale from occurring. Yeah, that was a weird thing, too, because when this story first broke, everybody was like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody was like... He got a restraining order against John Oates. Does he, does he think John Oates is going to come beat him up? And I, I, I remember reading that and thinking, no, I, I think the restraining, or, you, you know, restraining order legally. I mean, I'm not a legal expert, but it, it has other applications. Like you're trying to prevent somebody from doing something, which is exactly what this restraining order is about. Trying to prevent John Oates 
from completing this, uh, what has been deemed an unauthorized transaction. Most people don't hear that term unless right. it's in regards to some kind of violence, domestic violence or something like right, that. Right, right, exactly. You necessarily, you know, but it, it applies in a lot of places. Yeah. But yeah, he, so he cannot, they cannot go forward with the sale until this is resolved in court or until the uh, judge says to heck with it and lifts the restraining order. But I don't see that happening. I think this is going to be a long, drawn-out court battle. Um, which is sad to say, but I think that's exactly what we're what we're looking at. But uh, it's funny too with the restraining order thing, and like I said, I I kind of sensed that everyone was taking that the wrong way. Um, but I also remember too, uh, just coincidentally, um, this was from I'd I'd seen the clip on YouTube. This would have been from, geez, I don't know, at least fifteen years ago. But uh, Daryl Hall, uh, he was a, a guest on the Howard Stern show. And um, you you know how Howard is. He's always trying oh, to yeah. trying to find the dirt and always trying to be a little provocative. And he was uh, asking Daryl, "Well, how come how come uh, your partner's not here with you today? Uh, you don't like him, do you? I bet you guys argue all the time, right? Because you're the talented one, and he's just kind of the hanger on. And and at that time, though, Daryl was like sticking up for John, and he was like, "Oh, John's written a lot of our hit songs." But um, but John uh, uh, Daryl also made a comment. Oh, because. Howard asks Daryl, but you could take him in a, in a fight, right? You know, you're taller, so you've got reach on him. You could take him in a fight. And uh, Daryl says something about, well, you know, John was a wrestler in college. He was on the wrestling team. He could probably uh, kick my ass. <laughs> so I just, so I thought of that when I first saw about the restraining order. It's like, oh, maybe Daryl really is afraid of John Oates, but no, no. I would be afraid of the mustache because that could be a sentient uh, being, uh, much like AI could be someday. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, the whole thing is just uh, just very sad, very sad. It is, it is. but it, I mean, it's a huge issue. It's it's a lifetime of work, mm-hmm. a ginormous catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaac Banks uh, says in the chat room uh, that uh, his favorite song is "Private Eyes" by uh, by Hall and Oates. Yes. What I'm do sure- you think? Do you? Uh, there's uh, someone that claims to have a list here of Daryl Hall's five favorite Hall and Oates songs. Think you oh. can get one? Think you can guess? Well, I don't know if Daryl feels this way, but I've heard John Oates say in multiple interviews. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. It was Daryl who said this. So uh, She's Gone has to be on the list because Daryl has said in interviews that that is the best song that he and John Oates ever wrote together is is uh, She's Gone. First, first one on the list was She's Gone. Yeah, yep. yeah. You want to take a stab at any of the others? Um, Four more. What what else? Uh, uh, his favorite? Uh, yeah, it's hard. You got to guess his favorite. Wait for me, maybe. Nope. Because he likes to really milk that one when they do it live. Um, oh God, I I can't go for that. Nope. Um, I don't know. I give up. It, it they've got so much. So the it's... the winning uh the winning songs are one on one. Okay. Uh, you make my dreams. Yeah. Every time you go away. Mm-hmm. Sarah smiles. Sarah smile. Yeah. Sarah smile. Smile. Sorry, I pluralized yeah. it. And then she's gone. Those were the five songs listed as Daryl Hall's favorite Hall and Oates songs. Ah. Does that surprise you? Uh, no. Um. No. Uh. Every time you go away. By the way, uh, for anyone who doesn't remember that song, um, you might uh remember Paul Young's version of it. Paul Young in the 80s did a cover of that and had a huge hit. 
but that was actually a, a Hall and Oates uh, song originally. Um, and they're, I don't, did they ever actually record their, yeah, they must've recorded their version, but there's also a live version. They also did it when they did, um, the, uh, live at the Apollo, they performed that live. And, uh, I prefer, uh, I prefer Daryl, uh, singing it. Uh, Isaac Banks, uh, says in the chat room, my favorite song is I can't go for that. No can do by Hall and Oates. His, uh, he keeps changing his mind. He, said, he said it was something else. He said, yeah, he said before it was private eyes. Mm. I wonder about this company, Primary Wave. Like, how many catalogs do they own? Makes <clears> you wonder. Probably quite a few. What kind of a collection they've got going. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's big business. I'm curious. I wonder if I can find out any more about them. But a lot of these artists are cashing out and uh, just uh, selling off their publishing. Um, oh, boy. They also own Ray Charles, Bob Marley, Whitney Hughes, Burt Batterack. Smokey Robertson and the Four Seasons, to name a few. Yeah. Since 2016, apparently. They, yeah, they're out there. Well, it's a very lucrative part of music that doesn't get talked about at much publicly. Yeah. Is all the royalty and the right side of it. Well, you know what the most uh, infamous uh, in the in modern uh, musical history, you know what the most infamous example is, right, of, of somebody purchasing somebody's publishing? Prince. What do you mean? Prince. When he when he changed his name, oh no! No no no! When somebody purchasing the rights, the publishing rights to somebody else's music. When Michael Jackson bought the Beatles, you got it. Aha! Yep. Yep. And who owns that now? Because Michael passed away. Do his kids own it, or did they sell? I wonder if they might have sold I it. I don't who know. Has the, yeah, because he literally went up against um, it Paul their, McCarthy. It, ru it ruined their friendship. Yeah, Paul McCarthy wanted to buy the rights to his own music. Yep. And Michael Jackson outbid him. Yep. Was it wasn't it a Sotheby's or something? It uh, was some it was some kind of auction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. because Hi, you bet you didn't think I'd guess it. Huh. Yeah. Uh Paul Mc, Paul McCartney was uh very bitter <laughs> over that. Because you he think? because he thought he, he thought Michael Jackson was kidding. You know, they had had a hit song with uh Say 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 and didn't they do didn't they have two hit songs together that they did? Um but uh Paul McCartney talks about a conversation he had had with Michael Jackson where Michael Jackson said, told him he was going to buy, he was going to buy his songs. He was going to buy the, the publishing of the Beatles and McCartney thought he was kidding. And then it happened. And, uh, I think that I, I don't, I don't know if they ever spoke to each other again. <laughs> well, I, 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 I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Like, Dude, McCartney you're supposed was... to be my buddy. How do you, how do you buy my music out from under me? That's crazy. It, oh. it is. It's crazy. But, you know, companies like Primary Wave, cat, they're getting quite the catalog. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I like artists owning their own stuff, you know. But Yeah, but if they want to sell it and cash out. It, yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think John Oates is saying, hey, I'm going to cash out, you know. I mean, again, these guys are, you know. It's not like he's going to pass it down. You know what I mean? Like, well. Well, yeah, no, he could. I mean, could. No. um but it's not like there's going to be any more creativity coming out of it, I think, is where I'm kind of trying to go from. Yeah. It's like, you know, when these guys are gone, it's gone. It's over. It doesn't continue. So maybe he just wants to put a put a period in it and walk away. Yeah. Um, but I don't blame Hall for being worried about somebody else having the right to sure. you know, do sell chicken to their music. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
was trying to think of what uh, what Hall and Oates song would go well in a KFC ad, but I, uh, nothing comes to mind. Uh, I can't go for that. No, because no, because they you they they want that, you to buy their they chicken. They want you to go for it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you can't do that. I won't go for it. Maybe I wait for me. You think? Yeah, yeah, because uh, you know, if you're saying, oh, you're going to KFC, wait for me. Wait for me, please. I want some of that fried chicken. No. 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 I can't no, sing it like Daryl Hall does. No. Of course, Daryl Hall can't sing it like Daryl Hall does either <laughs> anymore. Stop. But John Oates can, and Daryl resents that. Apparently, mm-hmm. a great deal. Mm-hmm. There'll be more to come out of these two. I suspect that this is not going to be a quickly resol- resolved issue. I see this being an yeah. ugly, long court battle. Yeah, it's very it sad. It comes out with no winners. Very sad. It's a shame. Come on, can't we all get, get along? Kumbaya moment. Well. Dang it. There's our. Uh, Dang it. There's our eulogy for the great. Uh, Daryl Hall. Team and of Daryl Hall and John Oates. All right, we got Hall to. Hall uh, Oates. Uh, ah, you love it. I you don't, love it. I don't. Hall Oates. Bothers me. It's the worst Rolls album. Right off the top. Worst album title ever. <gasps> their company name, too. By the way, you, have you ever noticed some of their albums? It, it, they, they don't even say. Some of them say Daryl Hall and John Oates. Some of them don't. Some of them say Daryl Hall, John Oates. Without I, the end? Without the end. I wonder if that's oh, Daryl's doing. Oh, maybe nope. that was when the split started. You no. should figure out when that was. What year did they drop the end? Well, it, or did they ever use the end again afterwards? It, 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 it came and went. Like, I'm looking at the cover of H2O, and uh, it just says Daryl Hall, John Oates, but that was an early one, because we are going to close with uh, Family Man. Which oh, was, I, uh, I, I'm looking at the same cover. Which was uh, on the oh, no, uh, wait a H2O minute. album. There's another one that has a plus sign. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm looking at the cover of the single for Family Man. It just says Daryl Hall, John Oates. There's no and or plus or Is anything. Is that the one that has like the yellow and red <clears throat> star behind it? There's no star, but I don't know. Any, anyway, well, we, 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 it doesn't matter. It's we, flat. We got to go. Okay. We, we are out of time. Thank you, Jenny. <laughs> Do you want to uh, plug your uh, website? Oh, sure. You want to check out what I'm up to or check out any of my paintings, go to jencoffee.com, J-E-N-N-C-O-F-F-E-Y.com. I also publish my illuminating articles. Yes. And uh, thank you again to uh, Glittertooth uh, for coming in. They're great. That was fantastic. They're uh, great. And if you think you know somebody that we should know about, drop us a line. Always um, looking for other artists from all walks of life. Yes. And uh, thank you again to our friend Eric Pilcher for another great classic film review. And if you you miss any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org. And my website, mattconnerton.com. And uh, we will see you uh, next Saturday. And uh, don't forget this Wednesday, coming right up, a miracle on Elm Street at the bonfire. And uh, uh, the morning show uh, will be, uh, I think they're they're doing, I don't know how long they're going to be live there, but they'll be there. And I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, you should go down and say hi to the guys. Absolutely. Go bring a, an unwrapped toy or, or gift for a child to have here in Manchester. Everything they're doing is staying right here in the Queen City, helping out kiddos locally. So please help out. Please donate. And we hope to see you at the bonfire next Wednesday. All right. And uh, we're out. We'll talk to you all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.